All right. Everybody, welcome to Sneaky Dragon. I'm Ian Boothby, and I'm David Dedrick, and we are episode six one six. So we are in the Marvel universe now, because because that is the Marvel universe is the six one six universe. When they number the universes in uh, Marvel, uh, the one where all the comics take place is six one six. Oh, okay. Yeah, they number the movie one a little differently, but in Doctor Strange, yeah, when uh, uh, Doctor Oh, I, she's her own person, and I feel bad just saying Doctor Strange's girlfriend because honestly, she wasn't; she's married someone else. But when she <laughs> says what universe they're in, she says six one six, which made uh, fans of the comics go boo. That's not true. You're not in six one six. Oh, really? Yeah, you're not. You're uh, you're in something 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 else. Uh, but yeah, that's the Marvel Comics universe. Is universe six one six? Wouldn't they be more than just fans who are saying that? More than just fans? Yeah, super fans. I think it'd be super fans. Uber fans. Fair. Uber fans. <laughs> yep. I, I don't know. I think a light dusting of fandom would probably know the six one six bit because mm. they they hammered. They've done. We've we're in a real multiversey time. People have really grabbed onto that thing okay. like nobody's business. Okay. Yeah, I think it's because things got so tough in our universe our real universe uh that there was a thought of like are we in the wrong universe are we in the universe where someone made a bad choice and now there's a plague on the earth you know and we became that dystopia at least for a little while uh maybe we're on the wrong earth maybe there's another earth oh multiverse and then we even thought thinking about multiverses and now everyone's thinking about the roman empire why oh are you not familiar with this no. Okay, well, you are similar to me. <laughs> but here's the thing. All right. All right, I'm going to spin this yarn for you, so okay, buckle sure. up. Uh, on ready. TikTok, uh, there was a trending thing where women were asking men, how often do you think of the Roman Empire in like a week? Okay. And most of the guys were like, mm, I don't know, two or three times. What? And because women don't think of the Roman Empire, and men oh. often think of the Roman Empire. Okay. And so it was all these guys... Just admitting they were thinking of the Roman Empire, it became a thing. Yeah. A thing to the point where my wife asked me that, and I went, I don't know, two or three times a week. And I was like, what? <laughs> and so we did a cartoon about it. Okay. Sent it to the New Yorker. Yeah. That's the cartoon that came out today. Oh. It's a very popular cartoon right now. Okay. Because apparently this is a thing. You hopped on a trend. Yep. Right on time. That one of the first right. comments is 10 hula- out of 10 for timing on this Your one. hula hoop one, really. Yep. You really missed the boat. Yeah. By about 50 this years. This one runs rings around the hula hoop one. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Of course, that joke was, you know, for kids. For kids. Yeah, yeah. Huh. That's interesting. How often do, How I often mean, do you think of the Roman Empire? I don't think I think about it that much. Well, uh, okay, now that means you think about it. So uh, how often do you think about it? Yeah, I don't know. Once a month. Like, well, and... Once a month does it come up thinking about Roman Empire? No, not that often, really. Mm-hmm. It's not a big... I mean, maybe I do. I don't like know. Like when you're in the backyard in your vomitorium. <laughs> well, vomitoriums were exits. Mm. That's what a vomitorium was, was the exit. Well, of course it the, is. No, no. There was no, there was no place where people I mean, went through. that is up. what a vomitorium people, was. People did not... In the Roman Empire, didn't have a place for going to throw up. Did anyone get... Well, so what? where did they throw up? They went to the bathroom and did it like we do. Was there like official bathrooms? Like yeah. fancy bathrooms? Sure. Okay. wasn't indoor plumbing, though. I don't think they... They might have, because they had, because a big problem with one of the reasons they think there was a decline in the Roman Empire was because of 
uh, mental instability for mercury poisoning from the pipes they used for oh. carrying water because well, they had aqueducts and stuff like that. Sure, so they, sure, didn't have, sure, like, yeah. they didn't have water systems. Here is a, a weird thing that used to be in front. Okay, we'll get back to this. <laughs> uh, it's going to be this kind of show, everyone. I'm so sorry. Uh, before um, movies, for some reason, they had a thing from the government, uh, which was a little commercial, uh, telling you, here's the things that you don't flush. And, you know, it was, you know, mm. things that you don't flush. Uh, and they said the only things that you flush yep. are uh, poop, okay. pee, okay. toilet paper. Okay. End of list. Yeah, that seems right. Do, no, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, what no. else do you poo? What else do you flush? Vomit. Oh. You want to just yell, what about vomit? <laughs> but you don't want to yell that in the I theater. I guess it's not a regular thing, but I, yeah, someone should have thought of that. Of course you should. Yeah. Oh, I've got to throw up. Whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa. This is just for pooping. Yeah. For peeing. Yeah. And for paper. Yeah. So knock it off. Get go go off to the vomitorium, and then they say that's just an exit. And like, yeah, <laughs> get the hint. Get out of here. Yeah. Because I don't want you throwing up in here. So it's like I know no one wants to talk about vomit before a movie. Sure. I understand that, but don't be telling me there's just a holy trinity of three things you put down a toilet. Mm. Disagree. I don't know if that's a holy trinity, but okay. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, and that would run before a movie while you're eating your popcorn and going. Ah. And I believe oh. there was even like a little contest, if I'm remembering correctly, where you could like flick your phone and like throw things into the toilet. And it's like, make mm. sure you're throwing the right thing. And it's like, how about hair? Nope. <laughs> Stop throwing all that hair down the toilet. Yeah, I guess that causes a problem. Yeah. Hair is pretty, pretty it's, awful. Yeah, it's pretty awful. And then uh, you go like, uh, you know, and now here's your movie. Here's your motion picture. Here's your Fast and the Furious. I don't have to do it as much as I used to, but I used to regularly take, I used to call it a mouse because it was just like this big cl- clot of hair from... You know, having three women in the house using the shower. Yeah. I have to pull that out. I don't think I... I mean, obviously, I do lose hair. But because it's shorter, I don't think it quite yeah. clogs up as much. Maybe it is. I don't know. Speaking I don't know how Fast hair works. Fast and the Furious, you, they become very self-referential. Can I just say one thing before we go oh, on to, self, love you to Fast too. and Furious? Please do. Which is, I just thought it was interesting yeah. when you were saying about eating popcorn before the movie. Because I don't eat popcorn before the movie starts. I keep my popcorn until the movie starts then you want I to make as much noise as possible then i start to eat it well i don't think I, I don't know do i eat like i'm at a horse i'm not a horse going at a trough? to unwrap my crinkly candy until the play begins mm, yeah yeah i don't well i to just have, or... yeah i don't don't get candy but i do have popcorn okay. so i guess the bag crinkles a bit i don't know i don't really notice that at the movies but um yeah i just wait till the movie starts i'm just curious maybe that's a question for people out there when do you start to eat your snacks at the movies do you like Sit down and start eating, or do you wait until the movie starts because you want to sit down and start eating? Mm, no, yeah. not, not I've me. got snacks in my lap. Why am I? Why am I waiting? <laughs> yeah, because I'm waiting. Will for the it movies. taste better uh, when I'm not watching a trailer? Mm. Will it taste better when I'm watching a movie? Yeah. Uh, no, it'll taste the same. Yeah, so, I might start eating I'm it during the trailer, but I wouldn't start uh, during the ads and stuff like that. I wait for the actual movie to start because to me, it's like to the popcorn is to accompany the movie. So when you're watching the ad with the little popcorn people and they're having their adventures. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I found so, a, it's not really an ad. I it's found more a like goddamn flaw in that latest one. It pisses me off. Uh, <laughs> one, I don't know what the latest one is. So. Okay, I'll tell you in a second. Yeah. Uh, but when you're watching the popcorn people, you don't want to eat the popcorn because it looks. You know, yeah, I'm just afraid of. Yeah. Just, okay, I'm going to get back to the popcorn thing in just a second. Uh, but we shouldn't have done all this cocaine before the show. <laughs> it's affecting our energy levels. Um, yes. Okay. For Fast and the Furious, they become very self-referential. And they're like, hey, I think we might be superhuman. Hey, isn't it weird that we now you know, do all this stuff for the government? Hey, we've been to space. They, they, they do they do that? that? I don't know. I don't yeah, watch, they bring I don't up watch all those movies. The, so. They bring up all that stuff okay. a lot. But no one brings up, why are we all bald? 
Are they, they all bald? Pretty Jason much. Statham. Pretty close. The almost all the guy, dudes. Like other guy. Yeah, The Rock, Jason yeah, Vin Statham, Diesel, Vin Rock, Diesel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. At least one of the kind of sciencey guys. Sure, steroids. But yeah, anyway, they're all. Is that right? Is that how <laughs> well, it goes? I don't know. How Stallone kept it for the whole time? How's uh, Frigno have his lovely locks? What's yeah. going on? I'm not know. saying either. Maybe of those Frigno guys. is this all natural. Yeah, I, I doubt it. Though. Yeah, maybe. Maybe it is. <laughs> maybe it's fine. Schwarzenegger uh, admitted that they took uh, steroids yeah, no in yeah. the, in that documentary. Of course he did. Because anyway, um, but okay. So there's a a popcorn. There's an ad in Canadian theaters, Canadian Cineplex theaters. Like we have a choice. It's all Cineplex now. They've taken it all over. Uh, but here's how it goes. It's uh, all these popcorn people who are enjoying a vacation. It looks like on a beach, and they got a big castle behind them. Uh, twist. They're on a golf course. Oh yeah, the yeah. They're thing, in the sand trap. That's and right. And the first thing that happens is that's right. They have to get out of the way because there's a rake, and this rake comes down and starts raking the 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 sand around them. Yeah. And they dodge in the rake. Sure. Then the next thing is they hear a big. It's a golf course slash Zen garden. Right, and then a, a golf ball is coming, and mm-hmm. it smashes everything, and it's all, yeah. and everything's smashed, and they go, uh, next time we should go to the mountains or some shit. Yeah. They say that kind of joke, and everyone goes, hmm, acknowledges the joke. Okay, but here's the problem. <laughs> so when you then... The self-referential. Do, right, when you do the pullback, mm-hmm. you see that they had built a sandcastle in yeah. like a little sand trap area, mm-hmm. um, and it smashed. Where was the rake? What happened? Nothing got raked. Like, what's that raking situation? Oh, yeah. Like, first of all, why would a person with a rake rake a tiny, tiny bit (laughs) of the sand trap? That makes no sense. Sure. Two, like, or unless they were raking it and then they went, oh, shit, the golf ball's coming. That could be. It's only the old four. I better get out of the way. But there's no uh connection there at all about uh, about that. And if the person with the rake saw them, would they go, like, oh, my God, living popcorn. Yeah. That somehow made it all the way out to the golf course. Sure. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's a big flaw. The rake, the, the you've forgotten your rake continuity. Here's a here's a uh, cartoon idea for you. This guy is standing there and he suddenly has four arms. Mm-hmm. And someone says, "What happened?" He says, "I was forewarned." Anyway, there you go. Yep. Can Get I tell that. you something sure. that uh, uh, America mm-hmm. will take a lot of things. Okay, but they, they will, will not ta- take. They will take an openly corrupt president. They apparently will, yep. they will take. They'll take almost anything. Sure. Okay. You know, whatever you do to them, they'll take it. They'll take it. Yeah. Here's what they won't take: a, a joke they don't like. <laughs> they get so mad. They get so mad. So. Do you mad. think it's because they don't understand it? To the, it's not, think, no, no, they understand. They, it. Understand they just it? don't care for it. They don't care for and it because there's a joke that they don't like. Yeah. That's one of uh, I don't know how many jokes they're going to see in a day. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's not taking a joke away that. You know, yeah, there's yeah. infinity. There's jokes. Not, it's not limiting the amount of jokes they're going to see during that day. Like they right. haven't lost. A Let's admit possibility that we live in a, a world now where there's infinite jokes. There's, if you want to just yeah. all day sit back. And I don't go know like, if I will admit that. Jokes. I don't think I'll admit infinite. But for the sake of your philosophical argument, we'll yeah. admit that there could be infinite jokes. Oh god, they get so mad. They get, they get so, so mad, <laughs> I, and it's fine. Like I, yeah, yeah. I get that. Like you know, yeah. uh, you might. Are you really fine with it? Am I fine with it? Yeah, I'm kind of am. Because, you know, I, I'm now used to what the rhythm is. What okay. the rhythm is, you know, because, again, we we have, like, a comic strip in the Washington Post. Yeah. And, the, and, you know, it's some people going, like, this doesn't belong on this page. It's like, okay, that's yeah, a yeah. fair thing. Yeah. But then they get so mad about that. And it's like, you got to fire these sacks of crap. This, <laughs> god damn it. There's a guy who was trying to break me up with my wife last week. Who was just like, oh, yeah, I saw that. That's right. that jerk. Yeah, yeah, And I then with that. emojis on side and, like. 
bah! And of course, you know, yeah. but then other people are, oh, I, I liked it. This was fine. <laughs> and I know that's how it goes. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's, it's now just like, and I don't want to be one of those people that goes, I enjoy the negative. Attack. But yeah. it's kind of interesting just going like, whoa, whoa, whoa. But the people that don't like something, boy, howdy. They're just like, this has to go away forever. I'm so mad that I don't like this joke. It's not even get the joke. It's just not a joke for them. Mm. Mm. But it's a joke for other people, and that's fucking fine. And uh, yeah, yeah. there's Garfield, and, and there's some Doonesbury, and there's some Tom Gold, and there's like, there's lots of other uh, things of all sorts out there for you. You're, you'll be fine. Uh, in the Washington Post. Yeah, man, maybe not in the Washington Post, but oh, I see. Like, they have a, a very large comic section in the Washington Post, especially their online yeah. version is like, oof, it's like it's so many cartoons. Yeah, go for it. There, look at all those; those are all good. Yeah, the province has that too, and that, um, but you know, like I, I don't want to like open my, I don't know, I don't okay, like but how about open it, my phone to look at? What comics. is your least favorite comic that's on, say, the traditional comics page that you look at? Uh, my least favorite one. I don't know the names. Is of that them. kid in the boarding house still there? No, that's gone. That's gone. Yeah, right. and that was never my least favorite. I didn't really read it, to be honest. But that was a weird one. It's funny because now with the with the province comics, I read two columns pretty faithfully. There's like I don't really like Sherman's Lagoon, so I usually skip okay. that one. But I'll read most of the rest of them. I'll read them all. And then there's another column, and I'll read none of them because mm-hmm. I just don't like any of them at all. Um. Sherman's Lagoon continues the tradition, old-timey tradition, yeah. of murder comics. Okay, what's a murder? A murder comic is where a lot of times the joke uh, comes up on torture or murder. Okay. Like a Wizard of Id. Oh, I see. So like a peasant will complain about something, and yeah. the next thing you see they're being led away to execution <laughs> or torture. Or it was also Croc okay. was yeah. one of those. It was a French sure, foreign sure, yeah, yeah. one. That's right. And they put the person in the hot box, mm. you know, a metal box in the desert, yeah. and, uh, you know, or just kill them, put them in front of a firing squad. Yeah. Yeah, so like uh, mur- murder comics. And, it, did, and Sherman, it did kind of stop before murder, but you're right. Uh, well... Here's the thing: when you got someone on a firing squad, sure, sure. he's making a. You know what's uh, up, but he, yeah, you know what's yeah. going to happen five seconds later. <laughs> yeah, uh, but yeah. and Sherman is always like looking to eat people. Oh, I see, and he will eat people, and then I don't know if he does. He having... re- does he actually eat them? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just see. I just don't read it. Yeah, yeah. He'll talk about the repercussions it. of having mm. eaten them, and I shouldn't have eaten all those. You know, yeah, blah, 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 because I blah 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 fill in the joke. The new one I like a lot is a girl's name and her unicorn, Phoebe and her unicorn. Right. That's a pretty good one. Yes. I enjoy that one. Yeah. They're also, she's uh, also uh, a, a graphics comic. Okay. So you, you work for the same company as her. Okay. Yeah. Um, when we go to a graphics party, yeah. you can go, like, hi. Oh, that'd be nice. Um, yeah. The, it's quite fun. And they've, they've, had a fun, they've had a fun little storyline going for the last little while. You might enjoy the graphic novels with the same characters. I might just enjoy it. And the art is good, too. You might get those for free because you're in the same company. If you'd <laughs> the, like. the art is good, too. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. I want to put a word in and ask them if they need a colorist. Uh, they seem to be colored already. But... Oh, very good. Well, you know, the ones you see are. Yeah. yeah. But there's others being produced. Okay. Yeah. I, we had an argument, me and the uh, creator of, of that on uh, on Really? Uh, on Twitter. Yeah. We've talked about it on the show. Uh, that's right you mentioned that and uh you know it's uh dumb and i wasn't invested in the comic at that point so i I think i just sort of went yeah and now you probably deserved it and now yeah now i'm like what are you doing attacking this person this is art i like Hmm. 
attacking. I don't know yeah, if yeah. that's How dare you exactly, attack that person? Yeah, it was a joke I didn't like, so I, I want them to be gone. What I was saying, though, <laughs> about the comic strip is whatever the one is that you dislike the most, yeah. I probably don't see you going online every day going, what's oh, this no. shit? Yeah, you're right. They should you're they right. should break up with their wives. <laughs> No, that seems a bit over the top. Mm-hmm. OTT. I mean, I'm more. I'm not mad at them. I'm more mad at the province for running those comics. Like it just shows like uh, they don't care, and they just throw whatever shit you know, on the on the page, and then they just you know you guys can suck it. That's basically what the. It says here. It says comics. You can suck it. it says on the top of the province. I think comics just in page. general, it feels like whenever I pick up the province, and it's rare that I do, but I yeah. sometimes do, or even like the Sun, I just mm-hmm. go like. It looks like it's. It looks like their slogan should be "good enough," right? <laughs> like it, yeah. it general, it's the gist. Like yeah. you could actually just hire a guy every day for the same amount to just generally tell you. I guess that's what the news is. Mm. Tell you what's going on in the news and the things that matter. Yeah, yeah. I guess I don't know if I miss it, but it feels weird to me. Like when I was a kid, like Eric Nickel wrote yeah. in the province i think regularly the sun one of the two i did a play of his once upon a time okay that i had to quit but i did do it to be honest it wasn't much for me you know it's just i was too young to like appreciate his his you know radical honesty about lawn mowing or whatever but <laughs> but you know i'm i assume to a generation of or a couple generations of com- uh, newspaper readers he was like someone they appreciated and, and enjoyed reading it doesn't feel like there's that exists in the paper anymore. Like there's not there's nothing entertaining in the paper. It's basically like the front of the paper is a lot of people complaining about stuff. An Andy Rooney type. A bit of an Andy, Andy Rooney type. Yeah. yeah like yeah. and now on the editorial page, the Grump. <laughs> sure, or just some humorous things about yeah. about house, you know, life around the house or whatever. Mm-hmm. And but now it's like Dave Barry. A Dave Barry. A Dave Barry would be a good example of that. But we had our own local Dave Barry. Right. Like, it's kind of boring. It doesn't doesn't make sense to me that you're reading about about the life of some guy in Florida. Mm. Like, I don't care about Dave Barry's life in Florida. But Eric Nickel was writing about... Alligators come into your house? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, crocodiles would come into your house. A crocodile would have had to escape from a zoo. (laughs) That's right, crocodile. Don't you hear when a crocodile comes from Egypt on a tour? What are you doing here? I'm on vacation. Oh, okay. Where are you going? I'm just looking at a handbag factory. Don't go there. Okay, um, then the shoe store. Again, <laughs> I can't stress this enough. But Eric Nickel, you know, was writing about West Coast life, you know, and so our experiences. Yeah. You know, and so, but yeah, it's like, I'm sure they could have like syndicated people, but. Um, could you do that kind of column? I don't think I could. Really couldn't think of something to be grumpy about? A grist, every grist, every, like something every day. Grist for the mill. Yeah. Every day. Well, not every day. I mean, Eric Nickel didn't do it every day. I guess that's true. Once a week or Maybe something. Maybe three times a week or something. He was pretty regular, but yeah. It wasn't yeah. every day, you're right. But <sighs> something. All right. Like, let's Maybe. Take, Maybe I could do it. Like, let's take this week. Did I want to say no. Did something annoy you this week? Oh, what what ground were my gears this week? Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't think... I can't think of anything off the top of my head. All right. That's fine. <laughs> Sorry. Everyone who you Sorry. drove in traffic with was fine. You didn't go to a store <laughs> and someone did something dumb? No. Nope. No. Wow, life of Riley. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good week. Well, here's column, a, okay. Here's your an, column should be just nothing to complain about. Here's my <laughs> well. Here's my thing. Like yesterday, Lisa and I were having a back and not a back and forth, like an argument, but we were just writing back and forth by text because I just wrote to her and said I was at the gym and I said, uh, "Do you want me to stop by the drugstore and pick up your pills?" Yeah. On my way home, and she said that would be nice. Then she wrote back and said, "Could you get some toothpaste?" 
And, was, and, she, and she went, what pills? And, and you went, your memory pills. <laughs> and then, and then, um, okay. yes, yeah, toothpaste. So then it's like, okay, well, I have to get toothpaste now and pills. Well, that's fine. This is the same story. It's fine. And then she says, we're going to go over to my brother and sister-in-law's, brother-in-law and sister-in-law's last night. So then she went and said, do you want to contact my sister-in-law and ask her if she wants us to bring dessert? To which I respond to Lisa, ugh. Because I didn't want to... I don't want to do it. I don't want to write to someone and ask, do you want a spring dessert? I just don't like, don't like it. Don't like it. Understood. So she did What's it. your drugstore, by the way? Uh, shopper's drugstore. Okay. So you could get a McCain cake. Continue. Okay. So <laughs> then, uh, uh, well, I knew what Lisa was thinking of for cake. But, right. um, so then she wrote and my sister-in-law said, if you want that, that'd be great or that'd be fine or whatever. Yeah. So You can't say yes. So then. You've got to actually just go. I saw that. Yeah, I wrote shoulder. to Lisa. Do you want me to pick up? A tuxedo cake at Savon. What's a tuxedo cake? It's like a chocolate, fancy kind of chocolate cake sort of thing. But they're like little ones, like a little loaf-shaped one. Okay. And Lisa didn't write back. Hmm. So then I went to the, the drugstore, picked up her pills, picked up her toothpaste. Right. And then I wrote and said, I'm leaving the, I'm leaving the mall area, like where, we were, where I was. Do you want me to pick up the, the cake? Mm-hmm. No response. Okay. So then... I thought, okay, I guess she doesn't want me to. Okay. So I drove, I drove I see home. The, I see the flaw right now. We I, all can see it, right, everybody? What's the flaw? What's the flaw? Everyone, the flaw is you should have picked up the cake. But So what? It's so you get a spare cake. Your worst case scenario then yeah. is, hey, we have extra cake at <laughs> home. Have extra cake. That's your worst case scenario. Well, And your worst case scenario the other way is there's no cake. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad scenario there. So like worst case scenario, spare cake. <laughs> okay, but continue. So then... I'm sorry, I know you want me to be on your side on this. No, it's fine. You don't have to. I don't I'm, just yelling, no, I'm yelling what no the sides. listeners are yelling <laughs> right no now. Sides. There's no sides. Pick up the cake. So then I went home and, I, and Lisa said, did you get the cake? Yes. Because she listens to the show. <laughs> she listens to the show. And apparently she, you're right. I was wrong. And I just said, well, you didn't write back. So I didn't know. And she said, well, I didn't have my phone with me. And I just, it bugs me if I'm in contact with someone we're te- having a texting conversation and then they put their phone away mm-hmm. or they just ignore the rest of the conversation. <laughs> like it's over. Like it's not over. We have this hanging cake in the air and sure, I guess I should have picked it up, but I just wasn't positive what was going on. So, uh, long and short is we just stopped by the store on the way over and picked it up anyway. It was not a big deal. Let me tell you my phone story now. Okay. Okay. Uh, my phone story is, uh, recently I uh, was looking at, is this at- your article? Is this your potential article you're writing for the province? This is my one-man show. You're going to do one-man show. Okay. Called, duh. <laughs> uh, so we were looking after uh, our neighbor's cat uh, a while ago. And uh, and and when he gave us uh, some food for the cat, he also gave us a little uh, lid yeah. for to, so you could like seal it up uh, when you haven't used all the food up and put it in the fridge. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we returned the cat, as was our, uh, you know, uh, obligation. Sure. And, uh, and you know. Otherwise, it's catnapping. Re- exactly. And recently, he went like, oh, do you still have that lid? And I was like, oh, yeah, I do have that lid. And I kept forgetting to give him that lid. So, uh, so yesterday, I had to use my wife's uh, phone. And so I went, oh, I know what I'll do. I'll put the lid uh, next to the front door. And then I'll put the phone by the front door because I know I need the phone. Yeah. And so then I'll see the lid and I'll be able to put the lid in the mailbox. Yeah. That's how you do it. Sure. Okay. Aid uh, de memoirs. Right. So I, I, then I have a couple of meetings and whatnot. And I, and I go, where the hell did I put that phone? <laughs> no idea where the fucking phone is. 
And I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to write myself a note saying, I know that I'm not taking the phone with me. Mm. So when I come back, I'm not going to be like, I'm going to lift the phone out in the world. Yeah. So, so I know that much. Yeah. So I leave and uh, do my every due diligence. Yeah. <laughs> and I come back later sure. on and uh, say to Pete, I don't know where the phone is. Yeah. And I look at all the places the phone could be. Yeah. And where's the phone? Where's the phone? Where's the phone? Finally, I look at the, uh, the area by the uh, door where I'd never normally leave a phone. Yeah. There's the phone and there's the lid. And I was like, because I tried to remember with this thing, it's memory erasing properties erase the phone as well. Yeah. And I was like, fuck. And I just went out and dropped the lid in the mailbox and gave Pia <laughs> the phone. And then I just went, I'm an idiot. But it worked out. You did remember to get, put the lid in the mailbox and also your Yeah, it all worked out phone. fine. Yeah. Yeah. It worked but, out in, but it was a real... It worked out in the end. It was a real duh moment <laughs> when you just see it and go like, well, this all made sense. It's like... When you are like, I've lost something. Well, where is it? Well, I remember putting it in a safe place. Mm -hmm. I put it in a place where I would not forget it. Yeah. Oh, okay. And where's that? I don't know. I don't fucking know. Because I put it in a place I wouldn't forget it. I've got no reference point for it aside from this is a place that I would not forget it. Yeah. I I have a passport there. Oh, is that right? Yeah. It's in a safe place. Yeah. So safe. uh, We've never been able to find it. Yeah. And I even had to have, like, when I got my, I had to get a replacement passport made because I had lost this one. And that passport had, like, a warning in the back of it about the fact that this was a replacement passport. Yeah. And, you know, I couldn't, you know, like, so that made me, like, more suspect as a as a person with a passport, I guess. So it had this, like, warning in the back. And then if I lost it again, then I'd be in big trouble. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's weird. But I have no idea where it went, honestly, like... And I mean, it lose... had the worst picture of me that's ever been taken. Yeah, and fuck that you'll be in big trouble. But like, <laughs> I I accidentally like washed my passport for yeah. a minute before I was like shit. Yeah, and then went and grabbed it, and then I took the passport to the passport office. Went, is this still valid? No. Yeah. And then they made a real big fuss. I was just like, it's you so gotta weird. not wash this. You gotta make sure it's okay. <laughs> and I just want to just go. Have you heard of accidents? <laughs> That's about it. I'm sorry. Yeah. In your world, are there no fires? Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Has no one ever fallen off a boat? Like, shit happens. Yeah. It's a goddamn passport. Did it get printed up on animal skin? <laughs> like, are you killing animals uh, for this yeah. and it's a tragedy? Yeah. It's goddamn fucking paper. Yeah. Print a goddamn other one up. Is Who's paying for this? Oh, is it our taxes? <laughs> well, I think I pay those. What the fuck? are you scolding me for i'm a goddamn adult well what are we doing here why does this matter well that's the thing and like for you you didn't lose it like it's like the reason they're suspicious when you lose your passport is Mm. there's you could sell it Mm. you could sell that passport and then someone is using it illegally to do whatever you could and that's that's a possibility you know an american passport is very valuable because people want to live in the united states but you have your passport in your hand. You like you yeah. have the damaged passport right there. You're just like, sure. I damaged my passport. Can I get a new one? But also, shit happens. No problem. Shit in the world. No happens. problem. Here you go, sir. Yeah. It's a silly. It's damn silly. Boo. And bullying. It's it's yeah. It's like it's it was weird. Like uh, again, as an adult, it's very yeah. weird in your fifties when someone does a power flex like that and makes you feel twelve. <laughs> yeah. You just gotta go. What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. Like what what. What what are you doing? And the bigger problem is, is you can't you can't take umbrage. You can't get mad because no one likes Dolores Umbridge. She was mean to Harry Potter. No, you can't take, you can't because then they'll make it worse for you. So you just have to kind of stand there and take it, as you know, to yeah. a degree. It's weird to have something that's 
like normally there's passive aggressiveness, but it's which weird. is very Canadian, right? But it's weird to get aggressive aggressiveness, especially in Canada. Yeah, just like whoa, really mask that. <laughs> Come on, can you please say this in a more backhanded way? I need a shit sandwich here. <laughs> you need to like put that between two compliments. <laughs> You know, That's right. <laughs> you know. I'm glad you took the time to bring this with you. But we, ba, ba, da, ba, ba, da, ba. <laughs> but that's a lovely sweater. Okay. Yes. Foodie badoo. Oh, look at who likes to do the laundry in his house. He's really careful about it, oh, isn't no he? Oh shit! Yeah. Oh, someone <laughs> likes to wash their pants. <laughs> like what? Again, in her scenario, mm-hmm. you know. You know what I'm going to do? Check this shit out. I'm going to wash my fucking passport. Pretty clever. Then what I'm going to do is I'm going to take this wet passport. Yeah. I'm going to try and straighten it out. I'm going to take it to the passport. Get this. Get those guys. Pay some money. (laughs) What? Get another passport. Oh, my God. That fucking scam. (laughs) I bet she sees this all the time. And you know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna act like I'm king shit while doing it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to look like a big shot spending money on nothing to get a passport returned. You know, it's going to cost me a lot of dough yeah. and cause her no problems at all. Check this shit out. <laughs> oh, well, she really took me you, to task. You asked her to do her job. That's right. How could you do that? You really let me know what's what. Okay, fine. Yeah. And I told her the truth about it. Like a real knob. Yeah. <laughs> well, what do you yeah. say? Like, you know, my, no- my baby fell in a fountain and I had to jump in to save it. <laughs> and my passport got a little moist. <laughs> oh, the baby's fine. A little moist. But you're right. <laughs> you're right. That is, a, that is a problem. Shame on me. Shame <laughs> on me. And so on and so forth. <laughs> yes. There's nothing. no place you feel more helpless than... Like, as, as a... As a regular, you know, adulting, operating human, you know, person of, of our age, it's so weird how helpless you feel at the border. Because you really are at the mercy of people who could just ruin your day for you. Yeah, it's like you know? Rev- Revenue Canada, <laughs> okay. uh, Passport Office, yeah. the border. Mm. It's all situations where it just is like fucking arbitrary. Yeah. Like, I do want to get to the border talk and I'm down with it, but I'm just going to briefly say, <laughs> okay. you know, we had a thing like a couple of years ago where... We just had like a, a tax assessor that decided to, they didn't like us. They literally didn't like us. And we were talking to our accountant about it going like, are we just imagining this? And like, no, she's like, <laughs> she really dislikes you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, how? And, and the reason was because she looked at where we were living online and there was a real estate listing for it. And somehow she thought we were living too large, even though we're renting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just thought you shouldn't live there. Mm. You don't deserve this. And like literally felt that way. I was yeah. like, "What the fuck are you talking about? Yeah. You're you're like nothing like nothing against people who are government employees, but like yeah, we're not saying you? anything against government employees. Just so that's clear. Especially not, border people, exactly. Especially passport people. But like when someone can just like have a bug up their ass, yeah. and like completely change how you deal with things. Again, police as well. Same same mm-hmm. situation. Yep. You know, that's no, 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 no. There have to be rules in place and you have to like go with the rules yeah. that are in place. When we, yeah, when we were crossing the border and there was a guy going, why are you bringing pornography across? And it was a comic I did. And I went, hey, it's not pornography. And he said, uh, it is if I say it is. Well, that's not a good law. Yeah. Yeah. No, it shouldn't be your opinion. Your opinion shouldn't be the law. Yeah. It's really, I mean, it's happened to me every time I've crossed the border with 
especially with guy friends. Like right. going across with guy friends. I, every time I've been pulled into the office yeah, at some point. Dan, you go through. Dan. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Sniffing glue, Stephen. Oh, every one of my friends. No. Uh, yeah. Just and terrorist him. <laughs> that was a hard one to get, get him across. Yeah, his uh, yeah. Mul- He's many... almost screaming death to America. <laughs> Where are you going? Death to America. <laughs> Um, it's a concert. It's a, it's it's a, a Death con- to America concert. That's where we're going. Yeah, it's raising money for Death to America, mm-hmm. but he's not one. Yeah, is this kind of scary? Like, I went across with with my my other friend Ian, and uh, you know, we had bought tickets for a concert, and so we're driving down to see it. We're really looking forward to seeing it, mm-hmm. um, and then you get pulled into the office, and then you get you know, it's not. It's, I'm not. And I'm not the thing they can do about me coming into the country. I'm an American. They can't deny me entry. But my friend, who I'm going to a show with, could be denied entry. Sure. You know. So then you're just like on tenterhooks as you're waiting for people to just arbitrarily decide that you are worthy. They have to check your background and blah blah blah. And you know, luckily Ian is a you know a law-abiding citizen. He has no We're outstanding about a different Ian. Different Ian. Yes. You, know you are I'm, not. A, I am not. You are not a law. We know about your passport. That's right. That's I'm right. A you're a not a law-abiding. Uh, cat burglar type. <laughs> but he has like no outstanding warrants against his name. He has you know no no no. Uh, he has no criminal record or anything. Right. So I've there's nothing. List, despite so. that, he, they didn't like the looks of him because he's very tall and has long hair. And, right. You know, and, and a and a goatee, you know. So despite the fact that he, you know, presents himself as different than people who work at the border, right. they did let us across. But you know, it's still you're just like, what's going to happen? Are we going to get in trouble? Are we going to have to go back? And yeah, it shouldn't be a coin flip. It shouldn't be, and it but it shouldn't be anything. Like if you're going down to see a concert, you're just going down to see a concert. Yeah, it's not coming to Canada. This is this is where we're. This is the only way to see this. I mean, look, I had very little money once upon a time when I was going to New York across the border. Yeah. And so they went, nope, we're not going to let you across. And mm. it was just a fucking choice. And so, you know, they sent me back and then I, I, I found a way to get across. Yeah. Wink, wink. <laughs> uh, and I pretended like I was going to a friend's wedding and I had an sure. elaborate backstory. But I still almost didn't because I almost saw the same guy twice. <laughs> Whoopsie doodle. <laughs> but, you know, I'm I'm lying to get across the border yeah. because I have to. Mm-hmm. Because I fucking have to. Why yeah. are you making people do that? Yeah. That's uh, it's, uh, crap. Yeah, are you my dad? You don't have enough money to go to New York. That, Who says? That was what it felt like. It all the, When you have these fucking dad moments yeah. where it's just like all of a sudden someone in a position of power is like scolding you. And I'm just like, honestly, I'm 50. Like, when does this shit go down? Because I know it's not going to go stop. down when I'm like 90. Yeah. Because then you you do scold the elderly and go, Mr. Johnson, you shouldn't be walking around in your good slippers. So it's like, when, what's the little fucking window where uh, mm. people can't scold you? Biff. Like, if I'm doing something wrong, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, fuck, fuck off. Well, you're trying to go to New York. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I just want to make it's it there because if I can make it there, I can make it anywhere. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, what about Chicago? Know. What's that? What about Chicago? So wait, if you make it in New York, you can make it in Chicago. I'm just wondering if you go to Chicago, can you make it in New York? If you can make it in Chicago, uh, you, if you make it in Chicago, you can yeah. make it in. Yeah, generally, uh, most of Illinois, you can make it. <laughs> okay. Uh, you can make it in Massachusetts. You can make it in North Dakota, but not South Dakota. Okay. Yeah. It's complicated. Uh, Carolina, North Carolina, not South Carolina. Really? That's true. So the South. And just oh, yeah. the tip of Florida. Sure. Just the tip. 
Yeah. Yeah. But be very careful. Hmm. Key, Key West, you can make it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah. Can't make it in Seattle, though. No, can't make it in Seattle? No. <laughs> Do not even fucking try. <laughs> you go to Seattle and went, hey, I made it in Chicago. Hmm. Go, fuck off. Huh. Yeah, they'll send you down to Portland huh. so fast. <laughs> so you make it in Portland then? What? You can make it in Portland? No, that's just where you go and rest, okay, that's rest a, up. That's just a, then you work your way down to California. Sure, sure. It's just, oh, and you can make it in California. Well, yeah, I don't give a shit about California. Oh, really? What are you thinking? <laughs> Anything can happen in California. Is that right? You know that. Okay. That's how California works. Interesting. That's the rules of California. I didn't know that. Yeah, go to... Like, you pass into California. Yeah. The slogan of the sign is, we don't fucking care. California rule. Yeah. We don't fucking care. Yeah. You know? And if they don't like you, they throw you into the sea. (laughs) That's how California works. Okay. Then you end up uh, washing up in Hawaii. Oh. Where you can make it. Uh, Not all the islands. Oh, okay. Not on the big island. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Good to know. Good to know. Yeah. Uh, The other day... Please. The other day, my uh, my father-in-law went f- for lunch. I think it was a Saturday. Okay. He went for lunch, and uh, he went. He was going to walk because he doesn't have a vehicle anymore because he can. He's no longer allowed to drive. Right. And so uh, the his car was. We sold his car and gave the kids the money for the car, and then. One of the one of the my nephews got uh, his truck, and so uh, so he had two vehicles. He had two vehicles, yeah. Okay. And uh, yeah. So anyway, so then he so he decided he's going to walk and go to a restaurant to have some lunch, and so he left the house, walked down the road, started walking into town, and it's about a three block walk. It's not that far into Alder, like Aldergrove proper, but somebody got turned around, and then he came back around in a circle. And then he realized that he had passed a spot already and that he was lost. Mm. So then he turned back, which was right. He turned back and started walking, but he walked past his road that he should have turned up and can you walking out of, well, still in Aldergrove, but sort of walking out of like the suburban area into the rural area. Oh, okay. And kept walking and then he got tired and then he sat down by a ditch and he was sitting there and luckily some people came by and found, like saw him there and they stopped and they you know, to check on him, make sure he was okay, and they phoned the police. And so the police came, and then they, they took him back to my my uh, in-laws. So now it was decided that we're going to, like, tag him with, like, yeah. air, air tags. Yeah. And so they I put was it, just about to say, yeah. Yeah, so they put, an air, they put an air tag in his wallet, and we're going to get a... I ordered a air tag key, key chain kind of thing. Okay. It's like a key keychain tab that you can put the air air tag in and then we can put it for lisa's phone to to be able to track him that way he doesn't have a cell phone does he he does not have a cell phone okay and that's not an option that's not an option i don't know i mean he did a long time ago but he did when they were like a brick (laughs) not like or not not the big brick but you know the kind of like the nokia ones that were just like a long kind of right little phone but anyway not the folding ones, but just like a solid phone. I hear you. Okay. Anyway, so um, sorry, that's okay. So he, uh, so yeah, what was I gonna say? Oh, so so today on my, I I still have the air tag in my pocket because I put it in my pocket last night when we were okay. leaving the house. So it's a bad time to have an affair. Lisa, it's not it's not hooked, it's not attached to Lisa's phone yet, so I'm still safe. So it's your last chance. To it's have my an last affair. chance to have an affair. <laughs> I haven't yet, but you never know. So then 
But it was funny. My phone told me just when I was coming back after outside to get my phone as usual because I forgot it in my car, and I came back in, and my phone informed me that I was being tracked without my possibly without my knowledge. So I had an air tag tracking me, uh, so which I thought was kind of interesting. So your phone mm. can tell that you're being tracked because I can't obviously use the. It's a, it's for an yeah. Apple phone, but it, it, my phone was still able to de- detect that I was being tracked. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Yeah. yeah. So whatever. So so it turns out we're pretty safe. So when they have those phones that are basically the grandpa cell phone, are you familiar with these kind of? Things? I'm not familiar with the grandpa cell. It's phone. the grandpa cell phones are called something something like fun the name, but it's <laughs> okay. uh, but it's a telefun. Uh, it's a phone that can only do the basics. Sure. Like it can call nine one one. Okay. It can call you know a couple of like pre-programmed numbers. But I wonder if those phones... It's basically a phones for the elderly. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and but and you put a couple of pictures of the grandkids on there, and that's fine, <laughs> so they won't throw it away. Sure. This is pictures of the grandkids. Yeah. Uh, but I wonder if those things also are uh, tagged. So And one of the reasons is Maybe. so that, you know, you yeah. can see where... I mean, you could have like a find my phone sort of thing in that kind of situation, I suppose. Yeah. I, Which would I, be good. I, I think like it would have like a very mm-hmm. basic version yeah. of that, probably. My, my father-in-law could no longer... I shouldn't say no longer, but he he cannot consistently remember how to use a remote control for the yeah. television. So I think he'd find a phone a bit daunting, and also he would just forget forget it. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, and you don't. Mm, yeah, that's the thing. It's like it needs to be in whatever the bowl is by the <laughs> by the thing. Yeah. But he still would just forget it. Like you know, yeah. he's he'll leave his house without his keys, and like we're putting this on the keychain. Or, but that's mm. assuming that he'll remember to bring his keys with him if he leaves the house. So but we put one in his wallet. Wouldn't he lock? He, I mean, just to instinctively lock the door like when he leaves. You'd think so, but not necessarily. All right. Yeah. But because sometimes he loses his keys, or he puts them, he hides them. Yeah. Because he's afraid that someone's going to take them. So you're putting them, you're putting them on the keys. We, put them, we have one in his wallet. We put one on his keys, and we yeah. were going to see if we could Does like. Got a watch? No, uh, he, I don't know if he wears a watch anymore. But we were going to see if we could uh, get one in his shoe. So when he puts his shoes on, that's a good way to go. Yeah. Then he'd have the the air tag there. The problem with the air tags is that you cannot all be attached to it. You have to. They can only. They're all by a singular Apple ID. Mm-hmm. So. You know, Eve is attached to one. My my nephew Darren is attached to another. Mary is, you know, so and so. We have this one, which will have be attached to his keys, and it's just kind of like a fallback. So if one is left behind or missing or whatever, lost, whatever, whatever happens, yeah. then we'll still be able to see if Dad is moving around and where he is. Like it's not terrible that he's going for a walk. I, I you know, but it is terrible if he's going for a walk and he's lost. Obviously, like yeah. he's going the wrong way, but. You know, yeah, it's just, it's it's hard for him because, you know, he has good days and bad days. You know, those days where he's more aware of what's going on. And we've we've put a lot of, like, now we have the, his local drugstore is delivering the pills directly to him, like in the morning. Yeah. They come and they make sure that he takes them. And then my brother and sister-in-law are making sure that they're, they're taking, he's taking them at night. Or we do, or Lisa and I do that on the weekend. Yeah. And so he seems to be getting better, like, because he's taking his pills and stuff like that. It seems to be helping a bit, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's just amazing how quickly it's, how quickly it goes downhill when it starts yeah. to happen. Yeah. It's quite amazing. I remember that with my grandmother, yeah. Mm. yeah. And then she, she, she started, like, without 
because she would forget things, she, uh, she would forget to pay for things, and so she'd be like stopped for shoplifting. Okay, yeah, okay. Even though she's not shoplifting. Yeah, yeah. You know, just, yeah. or maybe she was shoplifting. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe back in the day she was a shoplifter, and I didn't know, and she just got bad at. She got bad. <laughs> that's, that's another possibility. I mean, it's not the kind of thing Grandma would tell you. It's just like you know, I used to be a criminal. Yeah. Yeah. Used to, used to be a pretty good shoplifter. Pretty good shoplifter. Yeah. That's how you. That's how we did it in the oldie days, <laughs> and uh, it was because we were broke and yeah. we shoplift. And yeah, you know, she, created, used to, she used to create a distraction. Create a so. distraction. Bring a goat into the store. Yep. And then you're like, why don't you just sell the goat? Oh, damn it, you're right. <laughs> well, I wanted to get that's milk. Why don't you just milk the goat? Now, nah, fuck, you're right. That's not fun. I should have milked the goat. <laughs> Wait, no, but she is a criminal. She's not. She's not like doing it because of necessity, is she? She's doing it because she's she's a career it's a criminal. Thrill, but yeah. yeah, for the thrill. It's yeah. also a criminal goat. Yeah, and you can tell because it's got a little domino mask on it. Like... <laughs> so yeah, I don't know what to... it's all. We've been looking into homes for him as well. So, yeah. but the thing is, is like he has to. So he's just been assessed by Fraser Health, by you know the by the uh, regional health in our area. And so now they will decide if he is a candidate to go into into care, right. or if they think that he's fine where he is. And I mean, I think we would prefer him to be where he is, but there is worry about him having accidents where he is too, right. as he becomes more forgetful. You know, so it's a it's a lot of fun. We were talking last night about him having a DNR on his file, yeah. and I said talking about this makes me want to have a DNC, which is do not continue. This is some point just discontinue. Oh, you know, and just you can just stop. Yeah, and unfortunately, okay. they didn't send you to the Democratic National Convention. <laughs> <laughs> like, what happened to Dave? Uh, he's vice president he's now. Vice, he's, what? what? That's right. He's uh, he was feeling really down. I know, and now he's got a lot of responsibilities. You know, it's more of a figurehead. <laughs> it is really. It is really. Yeah. Lisa's got a lot to do, and she's oh, you know, also a first lady or second lady over there. It's, it's tough. Are they called second lady? I would think so. Is that doesn't seem? How about vice lady? Lady full of vices. <laughs> I didn't say that. Yeah, what's the uh, what's uh, Kamala the, Harris's uh, husband's title? It's mm. gentleman, but is it like the like is it second gentleman, first gentleman? Like would it be first gentleman? Because there's no other gentleman. Yeah. So that's not confusing. No, no, I don't think it would work that way though. It's something gentleman. Is it? Yeah. Gentleman in waiting? Little gentleman. That's what they call him, a little gentleman. <laughs> and, that, and they got to say it like that. Who's a little gentleman? You are. Look at you. What do you do? Seriously, what do you do? <laughs> he must have a job or something. Mm-hmm. Although. Really? I, what would be the. I was going to say, the, like, what would you the do? Vice president's wife's job. Well, it, the husband's job. I know, but what would it traditionally be? What's it been in yeah. the past? Yeah. When, uh, you know, Dr. Biden is, well, like, the f- in the office, like, yeah. hey, while you're here, pick out some China. The problem like, is, is, like... Okay, but, you know, I'm a doctor. The thing is, like, Kamala Harris is from... I don't know where she's from, but she's from there. <laughs> from there, right? My parents were she's, from there. She's not, she's, and that's why I want to be here. But that's the thing. I, don't, I will She's be not from here. She's president. not from Washington, D.C. She's from somewhere else. She's from there. Yeah. And so that's where her husband's life was. Yeah. And now... It's okay for her because she's been like a political animal. So she's been in Congress and stuff like that. But him, suddenly he is like pulled out of where he's lived his life, had his work career and stuff like that, and plopped into 
Uh, what are they in the off white house? What are the, what are the, what are the vice person? Yeah, I know I've, this has been a Jeopardy question many times mm. that I've like since forgotten. Okay, yeah, no, okay. they're not in the white house. Stornoway. They are not in the white house. They're in Stornoway. They and have to so be then, in another area just in case there's trouble. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they have to live in Baltimore. Actually, it's on the moon. That was the surprise. That's really a surprise. It's too far. You. <laughs> I mean, I. It's a long it, commute. Admittedly, if there's an attack on the president, if she can work from home, it's not so bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she is safe from, from attack. Yeah, except for moon people. <laughs> They're pretty harmless. They mostly just, mostly just moon you. Yep, that's all they do is they show you their butt. <laughs> Again? Yeah. It must be weird because I don't think a lot of people know uh, the first gentleman's or whatever's. Uh, who he is? Like, could Mr. You Harris. Yeah, that's right. Thank you. I don't know if that's the case. Uh, but like, you know, just, just imagining them out and, you know, doing stuff and it's just mm-hmm. like, Hey, so, uh, what do you do for a living? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I well, was a doctor, uh, but now, now my, I'm a house husband. Yeah. Now my, uh, my wife is vice president of the United States of yeah. America. Yeah. Oh, that explains all these guys in suits who are pushing me back. Violently. <laughs> so it makes sense. Yeah. I guess he's also accompanied by secret service and. Have to be. That'd be hard. I mean, if you did have like a life where you, from there, where you lived. Yeah. It'd be hard to like be uprooted and suddenly you're like living in Maryland and, you know, Baltimore, Maryland and, and, uh, you know, just like hanging around the house, kicking around, you know, watching, watching Jeopardy. You know, the one answer to that question about who, where the vice president lives. You you immediately run outside, (laughs) look at the address. Run back inside. It must have a name, though. It must have a oh, name. Of course it does. It's a famous building. Yeah, but yeah. I'm Canadian. Yeah. You've got no excuse. I, You're American. I am an American, but I'm I'm more Canadian than American, I'll, I'll freely admit. Even as a kid, my, my back my back got up when my American cousins would put down Canada. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you mean? We have great comedians in Canada. What do you guys know? Yeah. And then you constantly watch the movie My American Cousin. Because it was the only Canadian film that existed back then. I've never seen Except that for it went movie, yeah. Going Down the Road, yeah. My American Cousin. Okay. End of list. I don't think we were required to watch those films because I never saw it. Oh, I, I think you were required to watch My American Cousin. I never saw oh, it. Oh, boy, that one. Oh, you don't see it. Okay. But you still have to be in the room it's with still, it. He just threw, it played a lot. Through osmosis, you cultural osmosis. Yeah, you yeah, you yeah. know about it? I really I don't, don't know anything about it. Does, does it take place in the, the Okanagan? Does it? No, I've never, never seen it going down the road. Oh, you didn't see the sequel? There's a sequel. I don't know what the name of it is. Like, yeah, hey, look, them. more road or some shit. Yeah. Like, I know like that Doug McGrath is in it. Yep. That's all I know. Jane Eastman. Jane Eastman's in it. That's right. She's in the sequel. She's in the parody. She's in everything. <laughs> She's everywhere you want to be. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't I don't know. Just remember, My American Cousin was a real big freaking deal. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, it was made like in the what's 80s, the, wasn't it? What's the pl- Yeah, what's the play that Lincoln got killed at? Our My, American Cousin? Our American Cousin or something yeah, like that? Yeah. So. Yeah. Which must have been like a play from the point of view of a British person, right? Could have been. Like it wouldn't have been a Canadian person. Right. And their opinion about it. That would have been, Americans could care less. So it must have been like a British person's opinion of... Right. And I bet he, you it was pretty complimentary. And, and what happened to him there was because I think he was vaping. I think that's what I heard. He was vaping. <laughs> yeah. And he was doing some stuff with his hands he shouldn't have been yeah. doing. He's crinkling. They, he's opening a candy wrapper. Yeah, they asked. Yeah. John Wilkes Booth lost... Log, <laughs> snack that, John Wilkes Booth lost it. Yeah. Do you have a, Do you have enough Lincoln mm-hmm. Log for everybody? It's like, no, 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 Take your hat off. I'm not taking my hat off. Make me take it off. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and then some things happened. Sure. Sure. And the tradition continues to this day. 
kicking people. You you know about that. What's that? The the the, the Roman thing? The, Bo, the Bobert thing? You're not familiar with Don't that? Don't Bobert that joint? No, uh there's a politician Bobert and she uh she went to Beetlejuice and she got real handsy and she was vaping and she was talking. Oh, and, uh, Bobert. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. Uh, sorry. I thought you said Bogert. And then uh got kicked out and she flipped the bird to everyone. She was real classy about it. <laughs> yeah. So basically the rule is Republicans in theater, nope. Don't mix. Yeah. Do not mix. It never goes well. Do you think she was the mean girl at school? Like one of the mean girls? Or is she just like living out her mean girl fantasies now that she's, you know, like a, a bully girl? Could, I don't, it's, it's a tough one. You do just go like, again. Because she kind of looks like one of those kids that would have been like into school. Like, you know, happy to be there. Yeah, and might have been like, the best years of her life. Yeah. And like... You know, it's like she studied every night. She did like she got all her homework done. She's at like that. she's at her high school reunion, and everyone sees her come in and goes, "Ugh, uh, yeah, that's right." Everyone's got everyone's Just, got a story to tell. Yeah, she's like Middle Miss Perfect. And then, but when she graduated from high school, that's it. Like that was it for her. Like she went tried to go to college, but she just couldn't like transfer. You know, the her rote learning skills into like the kind of more amorphous. Yeah. You know, world like how do I bully America? <laughs> that's her next thought. And it's like, oh, that's how. How, how do you mean girl America? Yeah, yeah. This, is, this is what you do. Yeah. Like, all right. Well, we seem to be like in a bully time. Is there a place for me? There is. Yeah. There is a place for you. Come. But it seems like a. This feels like when you look at her, you just. It just feels like that's a late thing. Like that's a. It's a new thing for her. She kind of came so to strange, it. Strange that, like, I get the entitledness. Yeah. Of like going, it was a first date apparently. Oh boy! Uh, and so yeah. they were like heavy petting during the movie. Yeah, it was a, among other things. Yeah, uh, that and then va- and then vaping, vaping in a movie theater. Yeah, vaping and Ugh. then you know and talking and singing very loudly and just being just being a knob. Yeah, you know, basically like what a typical uh, trip to the movies is. <laughs> is it? Like I'm that? sure her phone was on. Yeah, sure. Maybe. I'm sure you know all those things. And then you know it's like oh, it's a political thing that you're like kicking her out. No. No, it's just being a knob. Also, doing all that shenanigans in a, you know, it's kind of a every, you know, it's not like. Do you know a, what movie a, it was at? It's well, it's not a movie. It's a, it's a play. Oh, it was a play. Oh, oh, I was it's it the Beetlejuice musical? Oh, that's right. Sorry, so I'm it's sorry. not. It's and people have been going. It's a family musical. So, you know, it is. Is it but, really? But you know, it's yeah. it's it's a. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It, of course, it doesn't matter. That it's got some racy scenes in the sure. Beetlejuice thing. That's still no excuse. <laughs> it could be old Calcutta. It doesn't matter. You still yeah. can't vape. Yeah. You can't still, you know, do a. <laughs> you can't do any of that. <laughs> no, you can't. Whatever you. We've doing. had some delightful comedians mm-hmm. who have gotten arrested uh, in porno theaters. Yeah. For doing what you do in porno theaters. Yes. You know, and uh, when you can't do that here, well, then where can I do it? <laughs> yes, this is the problem you had before internet porn. Mm-hmm. See how much help how much help internet porn has been for people. It has no longer being arrested in. Well, people are still being arrested in theaters for. I'm that. sure because you know you really got to put in the effort. You got to vape. You got to yeah. do a thing. We got to do another a, thing. You know, it's a it's a sport. To, and and probably like a good portion of America upon hearing this went, there's a Beetlejuice musical. <laughs> well, I don't want to say that, but yeah, that's what I was thinking. All right, and I've seen I've seen what a couple of there numbers a from for? it. It's a pretty good musical. Is that right? Yeah, you're pretty happy with it. Yeah, it's got a good opening number. Okay, it's got a good couple. Yeah, a couple of things. And mm. Good stuff. Okay. Good job, uh, theater. <laughs> librettist. Yeah, it's got a librettist. 
Why yeah. not? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is a look at me transitioning or trying to. Uh, yeah, let's see how you do it. You were, you pointed out my last time. Uh, but when you, uh, I was listening today uh, to something that kind of ties into two things we've been talking about. Okay. Uh, First, one is kind of s- some sad news in that there was a, a cartoonist that passed away this uh, this this week. Oh yeah, uh, Joe Matt. Yes. And uh, I was listening to uh, Mike Dawson. I I'm part of his Patreon account. By okay. the way, we've got Sneaky Dragon as their own Patreon account. If you want to like yeah. be part of that, isn't that awful that I brought that up in the middle of this? Because you know, <laughs> look at me, it just occurred to you. But anyway, I'm I'm, I'm yeah. I, I subscribe to Mike sure. Dawson's thing. And one of the things that he put, he put up on his Patreon was yeah. an interview he did in 2014 with uh, Julie... Doucette? No. Oh, Julia, Julia Wirtz? Uh, Wirtz, yes. Yeah. Uh, where she's talking... Because he had a thing where he was interviewing cartoonists about other cartoonists' work. And the two pieces of work yeah. they talked about were... Can we talk about Something More Pleasant by Roz Chast okay. and Spent by Joe Matt. Oh, wow. And so... Those two things came to my mind because we were. I told you earlier this week about the Joe Matt situation, mm-hmm. and we can talk about him. But also, the Ross Chast book yes, is about very good uh, book. Yeah. Uh, so I was going to ask if you had read it. Mm-hmm. I've got it, and I have not oh, okay. read it yet. Yeah, but it was yeah about uh, putting her uh, parents in assisted living and mm-hmm. what happens mm-hmm. there. And so I would like to get to the Joe Matt thing, but but before then, what did you think of that Ross Chast book uh, when when you read it's it? It's been a while since I read it because I okay. read it. You know, when I read it, it was I'm most familiar early with her on. New Yorker work, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's where I know her from as well. But when that book came out, I was interested in the topic because, you know, I am um, not that I'm interested, not that I was thinking about myself, but I was, you're thinking about, well, that's where my parents are heading. That's where right. Lisa's part of dad life, is yeah. heading. That's just, you know, and I, not at that time, but you're just thinking, this is something that we're going to all have to face at some point is what do we do with our parents when they reach a certain age, you know? And, it is a very good book. I mean, it's part part autobiography of our history, you know, our history with her parents and growing up and things like that, and you know what her mom was like, what her dad was like, and then the reality of of dealing with, you know, and it's very, you know, just the whole reality of dealing with like having to move them out of a place they've been comfortable their whole lives, where their whole lives are they're surrounded by their life, they're surrounded by the things they've accumulated, by their memories and stuff like that, and now you have to clear all that stuff. It's all junk now got to get rid of it because they're going into a home and you know and just it's uh it's very interesting and it's quite it's very it's very honest it's very it's almost sort of matter of fact but in a way that makes it feel like truer you know what i mean like it's not it's not a a hysterical telling or oh my god i can't believe but just sort of like this is what we had to deal with these are the things these are the stages this is the steps this is and it's quite interesting it's a very good book is it handwritten it's it's hand drawn. It's a graphic yeah, but, novel. But, but there's also like uh, pages of text yes. that are handwritten. Yep, yep. I think that's what threw me off mm. the first time. I okay. have a hard time reading that for large amounts of I, pages. I, I I didn't find it that bad. I mean, I think her writing is pretty snappy, so it's not quite as turgid as like Dave Sims yeah. reads, where you were just like, ugh. Though that's done in pro. Like he didn't handwrite. Uh, no, no, yeah, it was yeah. typeset. But it was typeset, which yeah. is easier for me to read. Mm. But like reading large amounts, I'm a big fan of uh, Robin Bougie, yeah, uh, local cartoonist uh, who does like Cinema Sewer and many other yeah uh, things. Not Gutter Hunter, Gutter Hunter, yeah. uh, and he handwrites uh, these magazines mm-hmm. and articles. Yeah, and even that, I have a little bit of problems okay. with. Like, oh, it's just like a little bit of 
yeah. adjustment to mm. reading this large amount of text that's like handwritten. I just worry about his hands. I'm like, well, I hope I hope you'd made this into a font and you're just typing it out. I think he just does it. He's <laughs> crazy. Just, that's, he's old timey. Yeah, yeah. Old timey with tunnel, tunnel carpal syndrome. But I'll definitely try and, uh, and 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 check it out. It's worth it. Okay. Well, I think do. I have another book by her, but I can't remember the title of it now. Okay. Something about going into New York. All right. Very good. Book. And the other and the other uh, book they they were talking about, of course, is uh, Spent, which Spent, was a collection yes. of some uh, Peep Show mm-hmm. comics that uh, Joe not Matt my favorite did. era of Peep Show, but yeah, right. Uh, and uh, yeah, their their discussion of it was it was kind of like the last uh, hurrah of you know uh, that kind of literal autobiographical masturbation, yes. kind of thing. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Julia. Wurtz describes that Wurtz, yeah. yeah. I'm just gonna call her Julia. Okay, sure. Because uh, if I say Julia Wurtz, it'll sound like Charlie Brown, where I'm like saying her full name the whole time, <laughs> and she's an actual person. Not she is a an actual person, fictional character. But she just well, she's also a fictional character. She, uh, yeah. Mike Dawson was asking, you know, which which of the books that she preferred, and this, that, and the other, and if she liked these books, and she and and her thing was, you know, at a certain point, she had a little bit enough of, uh, and I'm paraphrasing. But like her description of this was just like, oh, exactly. Uh, of, you know, that drawing of the guy with his hands in his pockets walking down the street all angry. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. and about to go home and jerk off. Yeah. It's just like, there's, uh, yeah. you know, you, uh, and I looked at, I, I, I immediately in my head, it, it was like, that's the 90s, is all those comics <laughs> of just like the angry guy walking down the street like, yeah. oh, yeah. why don't girls like me? Yeah. Oh, I'm so fed up. And, yeah. So on and so forth. Uh, there was a there was a thing that, that uh, uh, if if you haven't read Spent, basically it's a lot of um, uh, it's it's basically about this fellow Joe Matt who is a cartoonist. Yeah, we'll get more into Joe Matt in a bit, but the the book itself is about him in a very small uh, kind of room room. He lives in a boarding uh, house. Boarding yeah. house. Yeah, and uh, him uh, uh, masturbating quite a bit. And well, basically, it's it's. Details like an incredible detail. Yeah, his his um, what's what I'm looking for? His his enjoyment of porn, mm-hmm. and but not just that, but how he would like curate it for himself, where he would cut he out, would re-edit, re-edit take out, out all the male faces. He take out all the male all the male appearances, mm-hmm. so it'd be just you know uh, anon- anonymous sex with women, and I guess that made it easier for him. Well, it to, wouldn't be the male appearances; it would be their generally it would be their faces yeah. because yeah. it wouldn't be him wanting to just watch like you know no, no, no. lesbian I, sex but yeah but it wouldn't yeah he would just take out like anything that the well, male speaking or yeah. or any shot of them that wasn't just sexual he would do this for hours yeah. and hours a day yeah, yeah. where he had like a jar uh, you know there so he didn't have to go and use the communal bathroom that yeah. he shared yeah. with his yeah. landlady and you know it gets oof <laughs> you know that and that goes on for quite a few yeah. uh issues uh but one of the things that uh that uh, julia was was talking about was like they have this this was an era where uh there was a, there was a lot of kind of uh, back and forth between chester brown seth and joe matt yeah and they would refer to each other in each other's comics yes. seth didn't really do autobiographical comics except for the earliest uh issues of palookaville which is his oh, book. No, did, it's a good life if you don't we i guess that was yeah couched as autobio it was fictional i it guess was fictional, that's, yeah, that's yeah, right yeah that's direct right. uh autobiography was mm-hmm. like the first yeah. issue or two of uh of palookaville and then, yeah uh joe matt did peep show chester brown did yummy fur to underbelly to 
some other some other books. Louis Riel. Uh, but in the in the book Spent, there's mm-hmm. like uh, scenes with them all talking together yeah. and discussing Joe Matt's you know a porn quote unquote addiction. Yeah. Uh, and there's a scene where you know it kind of wraps up. Uh, with Chester going, you know, well, I'm going to go and uh, clean my ex-girlfriend's, you know, uh, apartment. Mm-hmm. And when you read it back in the day, yeah. you went like, he's a good guy. He's the good guy in this guy. Of all the three, Seth's a bit smug. Yeah. Uh, Joe's really got some issues. Yeah. But that Chester, okay. Yeah. And then, you know... Uh, Ten years later. You, Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, <laughs> then Chester writes a book about how he stopped believing in romantic love. Yeah. And was, uh, you know, uh, using the services of sex workers. Yeah. So he's cleaning the apartment. Yeah. Because he's got a sex worker who's coming over later. <laughs> and uh, that's going on. And like, huh. Yeah. So, you know, not judging sex workers or, or any of that stuff. But it definitely throws a different context onto. Uh, and check out this upstanding citizen who's <laughs> going on. He's not doing yeah. it as a favor. Yeah. He was also anything. living in the basement of, of his ex-girlfriend's place for a long time mm-hmm. as well. Uh, yeah, it's um, it's one of those things where, as a young person, it's incredibly encouraging what they're doing because you feel like it's very revealing. And, you know, in the first the first six issues of Peep Show are fantastic. Like, his depiction and the, of it and the book that precedes it that's really good too yeah the, the collection the, di- strips, the yeah, yeah the kitchen sink collection is great um and then leading from that into his description of the breakdown of his relationship with his girlfriend at the time which then became the poor bastard and that's that's a great that's a great storyline and when you get to the the killer end of it you're just like oof that's really good and i never purpose honestly i never felt like he recover he re was ever able to be as interesting as that because his life became more and more narrow. And by the time you get to spend, it's really just this tunnel vision view of, of his of his life that's really not that interesting. If I remember, yeah, if I remember correctly, I think the final, and I think I've got it just upstairs, like mm-hmm. someone uh, gave me like a collection of some different books and one of them is that. Yeah. I think the final thing that he did was like, him just like on a kind of soiled mattress with a cat shitting on him and like that's the last and if if i'm not wrong that's yeah. the last cartoon we saw of his and that was like yeah. decades ago mm-hmm. uh so i'm not 100 percent sure what what he was doing you know since that since yeah. that time but that's where it, it all kind of wrapped up and well from what i heard like he was able i mean he did some coloring and stuff with like that for his friend matt wagner yeah. for grendel and the batman stories and stuff like that but so that he, was early that was early on but he was able to like make investments with that money which apparently really paid off for him that's and also he um he lived off of like he resold the rights to people show many times mm-hmm. and was able to kind a of TV show yeah. For a bit, yeah so he's able to kind of and he just lived a very frugal life and i'll just i'll cut to the end here and say yeah this this uh, then we'll go back okay. uh this week you know he passed away he passed mm-hmm. away at his drawing desk of a heart attack well wow. And uh, at the age of 60, uh, way too young, way too yeah, young, way crazy. too young. Uh, and um, according to what I've been reading online, he was he's living he was living in the States yeah. at this point. Uh, well, he was American. He was American. That's yeah. right. He was leaving, living illegally, in as Canada. they say, in yeah. Canada yeah. for quite a while. Trish, that was him and his girlfriend. Uh, originally, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yeah. They didn't get back together. Or no, no. Okay. No. So, uh, but he had been having chest pains for months Mm. and uh, either uh, couldn't afford to see a doctor or chose not to see a doctor. 
and yeah. that's what happened and no one is to blame for their you know it's not a fucking thing about like oh you should have yeah, yeah by the way if you're ever at a funeral uh oh my gosh this is this is someone calling with the same opinion that uh, <laughs> that i am if someone if someone ever passes away uh don't don't uh go well they shouldn't have don't do that yeah yeah don't do that shit uh <laughs> 60 is too young regardless of fucking anything and it's fucking ugh. yeah it's terrible yeah it's a, it, there's th- a little bit of me that like you know that sent a chill up me as well of just like there's too many cartoonists that die too young mm. from uh and sitting at their goddamn desks and yeah. you know even like we've uh, our friend of the show uh ty templeton uh was talking about joe matt and like ty had a heart attack yeah like, a massive heart attack oh my god sorry and uh by the way is that your uh is that your father-in-law that's uh, <laughs> on the move finally have to tell is, is him he, to is he outside okay there yeah. we go uh so you know and and too many other people as well so uh Oof. it's uh everyone be be careful be careful if you have a job that involves a lot of sitting down for long periods of time <laughs> be, be careful be careful all right so yeah. you and i met uh joe matt through i, I have vague remembrance through of this, but... through chester brown my yes. one of my because we drove uh, and by that i mean you drove chester <laughs> brown down to seattle for a we, signing we drove him over to victoria and we went down to seattle and when yeah. joe matt was visiting to do a convention at yeah. robson uh robson square that's right uh we went to that and why i remember that clearly is i got drawings done by chester that day and joe yeah joe's was a picture of him kissing a duck <laughs> and that was the day i met my wife oh that wow was, uh, pia was doing a signing uh that day oh uh she later went like she didn't like how she was looking that day and some there were some things going on and she felt embarrassed just talking to anybody but uh but we you know uh we met each other that day we we're both uh you know not in a position where we could have been dating each other by any means yeah so no dice on that <laughs> but uh you know it was the start of a friendship yeah and yeah so i always kind of connect that was the reason i went to that was because joe matt was there and and so in a roundabout way he was the reason i i initially met uh my wife cool so then i showed I her seth the drawing was, seth went, was there as well wasn't he no oh okay it was just, i've never met seth oh never it was just joe matt okay yeah i have met seth because i met him at the musical they did of his of his book about uh the guy i think we also went to a i went to a dinner with seth and and chester brown i don't okay. know if you were there for that it was a round table I remember, uh, I'm trying to remember who was there. I think Judith Beeman may have been there. Mm. Uh, here's the darkest fucking joke in the world right now. Okay. And here's what, it, and I'm just going to say this out loud right. and just get it fucking out. <laughs> okay. Sure. Okay. Sure. So there was, uh, you know, uh, Joe Matt would uh, occasionally in his uh, comics refer to people's unhealthy eating habits. Yeah. And it was certain things, you know, he would, uh, he would make fun of. So uh, at this dinner, I ordered, I think it was like a, a smoked meat sandwich. Okay. I don't know how that would have been something at the dinner, but it was. It was like sure. some sort of thing. Okay. And then I believe it might have been Judith, but it might have been someone else who was basically trying to prod him to say his catchphrase, which is, that's going to kill you. <laughs> It'll kill you one day. <laughs> you know, and he was like rolling his eyes at having to say it. And yeah, like, yeah. Okay. Here we go. And it's like, sure, sure. it pointed to the, uh, you know, when I ordered it, it's like, that's going to kill you one day. And I said to him, okay, so now all I have to do is outlive you. Oh, really? 
That's the darkest fucking thing in the world, yeah, right? Yeah. So that's all I. Well, we that, were that we were young and mind. we were young and live would live yeah, forever. Yeah, there were things so. I yelled at him. I believe that Ed Brubaker was also there at the okay. time because there was at least one situation. So then I wasn't there because oh maybe I was. I think there. you were there because there was one situation <laughs> where we're we're near Granville Island. Mm. I remember this clearly. Yeah. And Ed uh, Chester and Joe Matt are on bicycles. Yeah. And they are riding away. And I yell something very offensive at them as a joke that I now go, fucking what? <laughs> Even in context, that's bizarre that I yelled that. So, you know, there's a little bit of embarrassment. I'm sure it seemed funny. still there. I'm sure it was funny at the time. So we met, we met him, I believe, at, yeah. a, at, at a dinner. Okay. And he was yeah. very much himself. And I remember afterwards yeah. talking to you and saying, that was like meeting Daffy Duck. <laughs> Because you already know the character. You know the character. Yeah. I'm seeing someone I know in cartoon form yeah. in real life, and they're acting just like themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's like this was, yeah, it's very. It was. It was a strange experience, but yeah. he was. He was sweet at the uh, dinner. Sure, he certainly took the the Crumian, the Robert Crumb idea of self revelation or self exoriation, whatever yeah. how you say it, uh, to to. Uh, that degree you and know crumb was a fan of his crumb was a fan of his well because you know i guess both aileen kaminsky kaminsky crumb and and robert crumb you know and it was aileen kaminsky who you know convinced robert crumb to do autobiographical stuff uh she was the one who <laughs> destroyed his career uh by making him you know write my trouble with women and stuff like that you know that got him so much hot water um you know that was her you know because she just felt like that's that's the most interesting part of you is you know your love hate relationship with women and how you feel like yeah. how how success has shaped your life and or twisted it in other ways and you know these are really interesting things that you should write about you know and he's like think people want to hear that and she said sure they do and so he did and then you put that through a filter and you get joe matt <laughs> and you put joe matt through a filter and you get like the later 90s autobiographical which you know, yeah yeah and none of them were quite as good as him i would say no he also mm-hmm. had a wonderful drawing style and such a great ink line, mm-hmm. and it was uh, stuff was so solid, yeah, and just like so so interesting, so interesting that honestly you could read a book of him uh, masturbating, and you're still <laughs> reading, it. Still, still enjoying it, yes, yeah. But yes. there's a point where you just go, "Is he okay?" And mm-hmm. I don't know, you know, if uh, I don't know, yeah, uh, it's uh, it's 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 not a book that you would uh, say to a friend. Hey, have you ever read comics? You should read this. Yeah. Here's a real uh, entrance way to the comic. poor bastard. I could see giving to someone, or 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 even better, Possibly. the or even better the first the first book of diary comic, like the original kitchen sink collection with the the one pagers sure. that were. I mean, those are some of them they're are go- they're goofy. There's they're goofy some, and they're, they're a little more fun. Yeah, but it's leave it's leavened by by the humor. So and you don't and you don't quite feel as much like Trisha's. Uh, angst about having to be portrayed in her boyfriend's comics, you know, which really drove a wedge between them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, you, can, you can see it happening in, in the kitchen sink collection, and it's just it's just interesting. It's just interesting. Um, I'm just thinking about Robert Crumb. I'm thinking about the first issue of Weirdo, getting that collection, getting that first issue of Weirdo, and reading Uncle Bob's Midlife Crisis, and just how amazing that seemed to me at the time. Mm-hmm. Like a collection, or like a story about how uninspired he felt at that time and how he just wanted to give over drawing comics while well, he's drawing this incredibly complex comic he's talking about giving it up and becoming a painter of abstract paintings and stuff like that you know he sort of daydreams but it's an amazing it's an amazing uh 
it's an amazingly mundane story and that makes it somehow more gripping that it's so realistic, you know? And I think that, that Joe Matt had that as well, where what he was telling us was very mundane, you know, particularly spent where it's very repetitive and mm-hmm. gets, you know, after a while you're just kind of, <laughs> what am I getting out of this? Uh, but um, yeah, his ability to, to kind of, yeah, to m- use comics to, to make, to tell his story. There's a bit, there's a bit of something there where, uh, it becomes, am I, you know, because you don't want to, you don't want to come across as a prude. You don't want to come across. Yeah. But, but, but there's a bit of you where, where I'm just going to talk for myself. We're going like, am I contributing to something here that's hurting these, this artist? <laughs> like, you know, yeah. when, when, when it is like this cycle mm-hmm. and it's like, well, that's not healthy. Yeah. Like, I don't think there's any way that, you know, anyone could be seeing this and going like, aside from the work itself being good. Yeah. Uh, but going like, that's good. You should keep that up. You yeah. should keep masturbating 11 times a day. <laughs> he should spend hours not working on his work and he yeah. should be like editing the pornography sure. to make sure that he doesn't see any uh, male faces because that's going to throw off, <laughs> it's, you know, his fantasy. orgasms. Yeah, that's fantasy, right. Yeah. He should be peeing in a jar. Mm-hmm. That's good stuff. Yeah. He should be doing that. It's and, very healthy. Yeah, it's very healthy and everything's going to yeah. be fine. I think he's going to live is, a long time. This is all going to work out great, <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's like it's weird because the three the three of them presented themselves as something to be uh, you know du- um, not duplicated or whatever. It's not they're coming across they, as like to be admired because okay. they did put themselves out there as like negative. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's like you know they're all showing themselves kind of a little bit gross. Yeah, a little bit you know maybe not as much Seth. Yeah, uh, but but then as things get revealed more over time and you see where this all leads to mm-hmm. you're like huh <laughs> is there a is there a greater lesson to be learned here yes yes you know well i mean but the greater lesson to be learned is that the compulsion that makes you draw the compulsion that makes you reveal yourself yeah you know is you're you have a compulsion and so you do things obsessively you have you know this sort of streak to you that makes you not worry about what other people think about you. you know? It's it's like when you when you and talk about there you are. Robert Crumb. Yeah. You know, there's a there's a person who you know if you if you read their work you go oh geez yeah. Uh, <laughs> but not always. But, yeah. but he is someone who mm-hmm. has, uh, for all that we know, raised a very happy child. lives mm-hmm. lives in France. Yeah. Has you know a good has a good life. Yeah. Uh, sadly, his wife passed away recently. Mm. But you know uh, they seem to have had like a, uh, a, a both a creative and a romantic and a and a and a good relationship. Sure. You know, uh, and you know if you if you want to line up what you want out of life, he seems to have done it. Yeah. And it's not. And then you got say it. Uh, you know this other person. And, you know, or two people, you know, you got Chester and you got Joe. Yeah. And, and Chester is none of that love for me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the only yeah. relationships I want to have, you know, that are sexual are ones I paid for and I can control mm-hmm. and I can do this kind of stuff. And it is this control. Yeah. This incredible control. Yeah. And there's a lot of, in both of Joe Matt and his case, of, you know, just literal objectification of women. Like, this yeah. is the type of woman I want. No, I want one with shorter hair. No, I would like this. No, this is what I like. And with Joe, it's, no, this is this is exactly the time. No, they're a little bit off. And yeah. those, this, they're, they're not, it's both control. They're, they're both not control, people. Yeah. They're, they're, they're experiences. Mm-hmm. They're not a relationship. They're experiences. Yeah, yeah. And it's a dehumanizing uh, a situation. 
and uh, and yeah, but they both yeah seem to be inspired by Crumb. But Crumb seems to have like been able to live a human life. Yeah, you know. Well, the interesting thing about Crumb, unlike unlike Chester, who details it in the Playboy or as it was originally titled Fuck and Joe Matt, is that Crumb doesn't seem to have been interested in pornography to the degree that they they were like he had fun with the idea of it. There's those photo funnies in Weirdo where they would do kind of yeah. Uh, act out little storylines with with big butted women, you know his his taste that way. And but often they were like fellow underground cartoonists that he would just use as as models for his little kind of fumetti stories. And those are like as close as you can get to like that element of crumb, where it's like you know uh, him ogling women, which he would do, and he talks about it a lot. But it doesn't seem to it doesn't seem to have he didn't really dwell on it in his comics. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a lot of his art was about this very detailed sort of ogling of women and he would love to draw, you know, like uh, Vulture Girl and stuff like that where it's all, you know, it's all about a body type and just his enjoyment of drawing that sort of type. But that's not unusual for a cartoonists anyway. You it's know. possible that he basically could have drew, he drew his own pornography. And so <laughs> yeah. why do you need to like get a photo of yeah, this yeah, thing? Yeah. What's in your head? This. All right, draw it up. Yeah, there sure, it is. Sure, sure. There's yeah. a lot of that. Yeah. I mean, he did and he all, did snatch funnies and stuff like that, which right. are pure pure and obscenity. Also, you know, yeah. he did have, you know, sexual relationships with people and was famous enough that like possibly, you know, it did have that kind of rock star vibe. It did. He to did. where like I don't know what Mick Jagger's, you know, porn collection is like, mm-hmm. you know, but it could be doesn't have to be because because, you know, when yeah. you've got everything in real life that mm. you would want, why would you? And, then, you know, I know porn's a different thing than real life. Yeah, yeah. But in that case, you know, in the 60s, when it was very free love, when it was very this, and you were Robert Crumb, mm-hmm. that's a different experience than growing up, you know, whenever like Chester and, and, and Joe were and being kind of repressed. And then what do you do? And that becomes like pornography and, you know, and sex workers instead. <laughs> I don't I don't know. Like Joe unfortunately like was in a period of time where like there was all these videos that were out and you could like watch infinite pornography which mm-hmm. was not an option, you know, in Crumb's day unless you wanted to take film and edit film strips <laughs> together. Yes. Yeah. Kept a bunch of what the butler saw edited together. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, I really like who it's hard to know now like that, but uh yeah, it's interesting. I mean, they definitely were the the kind of holy trinity of I know Joe, of modern Joe, of autobiography, modern yeah, auto, auto, autobiography, and like mm-hmm. you know, Joe Matt was an auto, honorary kind of Canadian, yeah, even though he was he was American. Sure. Shirley Doucette was a little bit, but she did such a small amount of work mm. that it's kind of in and out with 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 that. I don't know. She probably did as much as Joe Matt overall, like in terms of. Do you think so? I don't know I how many. Know, I just know Dirty Plot. Do, do you yeah, know? but how many issues were Dirty Plot? There was like. At least up to twenty issues of it, wasn't there? Maybe I'm okay, wrong. that's more than I can remember. I, I, yeah, I don't. I remember. Wrong. I, I just remember her. There wasn't that much work, and then the collection mm. was, you know, to the point where when she won an award recently, yeah, it was like, oh, what's she been doing? Oh, it's for Dirty Plot. Oh, okay, <laughs> it's kind of weird. What's yeah. she been doing since? Uh, like, yeah. oh, okay, fair, fair enough, fair enough. Every, everything kind of seemed to have stopped at a certain yeah. point. Yeah, there was an interesting thing that Julius, uh, Julius, Julia. Uh, said about Julius Chester Caesar? Chester Brown's paying for it, yeah, which is a story where he kind of uh, just told the story of, yeah, you know, him with the sex work. Kind of boring. Um, yeah, 
they uh, she she was saying how she might have liked it more if it wasn't presented in such uh, you know a fancy format. It okay. was hardcover. Yeah, yeah. It was very much presented as like a sure. work of art. Yeah. And it's like if this was just like a little floppy comic mm. and someone was confessing about this is what I do, yeah. you know, then <laughs> you know, that's a very different beat, but mm-hmm. it's presented as here's a work of art. Here mm-hmm. you go for the for your consideration, please yeah. give this awards. Look at what look what I'm doing. That's it's, a good point. I, I I would definitely I definitely preferred reading the Playboy, let's call it that, uh, in sequentially in in Yummy Fur, than I ever have like as a graphic novel, mm-hmm. and I do own it as a graphic novel, but uh, I much prefer the or I preferred the experience of monthly or bi monthly or however often it came out, you know, reading it that way. It's in one thing; it's in short doses, so you 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 know, and it's told in a way that when you know it's told in a way that it. It has a beginning and end to each issue, so you have a you know you get a satisfactory story, even though it's continuing. But that episode is satisfactory, and then you just wait, and then you get another one. Reading it's sort of overwhelming, I find, and paying for it, it's so repetitive that it it does start to like become to me. It sort of it's a it uh, loses steam as it goes. Which is the same thing with spent. It yeah. becomes very repetitive. You're like, well, sure. this has got to be going somewhere, and it's fine and as it a, never goes anywhere, and it's fine as a comic book experience but it's hard as a as a graphic novel experience once again i have both of them and one i think is a preferable preferable experience but i often feel that way about comics anyway i feel that way about watchmen as a graphic novel i prefer the i preferred the re- comics reading experience yeah it's it in both cases it feels like very well drawn snake eating its own tail <laughs> and like where it's and again it, i think one of the reasons it affects me is because you know, I was doing autobiographical comics at that time. Sure. And we've done stuff like that, too. Yeah. And, you know, you kind of got to step back and just go, huh. And you see kind of where your heroes have gone. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, that's this path is odd. And mm. like to, that the person that seems healthiest yeah. is the guy who's making a whole city in his basement out of FedEx boxes. <laughs> and, and if you heard that, you'd just go, and is he okay? I don't know. Uh, okay, well, how's he looking? Well, he dresses like it's the 1930s. Yeah. Uh, okay, because oh, he just likes it. Yeah. Like, well, I guess that's okay. It's a thing. And he collects like old radios and he does this kind of stuff. Sure, okay. Yeah. And that's the most normal of the bunch is the guy mm-hmm. who's making a city in mm-hmm. his basement out of cardboard. I'm like, hmm, okay. So when so when I was listening to this, um, you know, uh, podcast. And it just made me think of like again Mike Dawson and Julia Wirtz and I. Yeah. Julia Wirtz did my favorite comic I've read this year, which is Impossible People. Yeah. And just going like, yeah, this is really this is really great. And just in general, seems like seems like a pretty well adjusted person, even with a lot of problems and yeah, yeah. dealing with addiction and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And Mike Dawson, you know, seems like a pretty stable person. I'm really interested in hearing yeah. their their life and what have you and. This is the next generation of that, <laughs> and it just seems so much healthier, you know. Well, seems- I mean, in the, both those instances, you know, they've kind, of, they've sort of normalized in the sense that they're married, they have kids, you know. So there's 
they have responsibilities that well, now, aren't I just mean, inward. You know, in, that's in reading belly impossible people, it, yeah. you know, one of the last things you hear is like, I'm married now. It's like, oh, okay. But she wasn't <laughs> married in that no, story. No, no. Sure, sure. But that means she's having a lot of trouble in that story. And if it just kept going like yeah. that, like if the next story is just more about her, but her relapsing thing. and going, continuing on with her addictions and stuff like that, eventually you're just kind of like, well, this is really like not really going anywhere. And then you also throw in like a Kate Beaton or whatnot who's also doing that kind of thing and must have been in some way influenced by you know who's canadian if you're canadian and you're into comics that was yeah a, th- a thing for you as well um but yeah i mean but again they all seem like more well-adjusted people you know and who are still ta- talking about the darkest things mm-hmm. uh you know uh, but yeah it's like huh again i'm just processing but it, it but in retrospect of course too so yeah there know. might be some extra shit that's yeah. not being said like kate beaton's one autobiographical book, which is Ducks. Mm-hmm. She hasn't done anything else. I mean, her arc of vagrants are just like jokey vignettes. But the, she also does autobiographical strips about her her and her parents. Sure, and, sure. And she's done yeah. stuff about, like, again, being a mom and, mm-hmm. and and what have you. And they seem, you know, they seem to be things that... <laughs> she She's hilarious. That's the thing. She's yeah. also, like, just gut-bustingly funny. Yeah. That's the thing about, you know, these, again, Mike and... Uh, and Julia as well. They're both very funny as well. Though Chester was very funny too. Oh man, they're all funny. <laughs> Again, I'm just Chester pro- was funny. You're right. Like I'm, Yummy Fur was was very funny. I read that in college, and that was a real hand around comic. Yeah, it was like, ha ha. What are you reading? This. They're oh. like, ha ha. Right, hand it around. Yeah, I have it from number one on. The man who couldn't stop. I read about it in in the comics journal, and I was just like, oh, I should. I should subscribe to this because I am at a comic book store where I have a subscription box. So I will subscribe to this comic. It was strange. Like when we when we did drive Chester down to Seattle, mm-hmm. um, it was this it was this feeling of like, oh, we're being connected to this kind of world. Yeah, you know. And then we went to that we didn't deserve. Or at least I didn't deserve. Well, that's silly. You you deserve that's it more silly. than me. That makes yeah. that makes no sense. It's not about deserving. Well, notice that. I mean, I was just a dri- I was just a driver. Well, I just well, felt, what's it matter? I felt like a big phony. But anyway, what, it's how fine. so phony? Like what, I just didn't because I didn't really do comics. Okay, you know, so I just felt like. Uh, well, you did, but okay, a little bit. All right, not very much. Okay, but it's weird the phoniness. Um, <laughs> hey, but it was ex- it, it was my thing. Exposure to this world yeah. at a time when that world was exploding oh yeah no it was and, amazing you know we went to seattle to be there where peter baggy was there and jim woodring was there and brubaker was ed brubaker was there brubaker was there julie Doucette was there okay but ed brubaker was there getting shot down yeah by you know people who just like you're just ripping off <laughs> the hernandez brothers this guy and now he's ripping off chester brown yeah, hey you yeah. want to meet the guy who you're ripping off like, what the fuck is going on here well it's 90s so everyone was called yeah. their last name and it was pat called, moriarty, and called out pat, pat moriarty, moriarty was, was there. there i think denny eichhorn was there yeah. i think uh definitely comics journal people were there um yeah, it was it was really being in the belly of the beast. Yeah, and you know you really were connected to people, and not only that, because you came down with Chester Brown, they're like, "Hey, you're as you're like Chester Brown." You're like, "Well, I am not. I am just the person who drove a car." Like, really? But yeah, we met David Lasky. Yeah, uh, not at that party, but we met him at the comic book signing at Fallout. Uh, it became Fallout Books, I guess, but it was originally Fallout Comics and Tapes, and it was like a roller, a skateboard store. When we were there, someone rode by on a skateboard and yelled "sellout." 
through the door through the doorway because they're mad that they didn't sell skateboards anymore. And uh, yeah, it's it an amazing it was an amazing uh, thing to be like part of this. Yeah. It was like there were two, there were two big kind of explosion yeah. moments for me. One was that because yeah, it didn't connect to a fanographics party, and the other one was us going to Ape. And, mm, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and then there was uh, Adrian uh, Tomine there. There was Moby there. Yeah. There was Ariel uh, Bordeaux. There, Ariel, Ariel Bordeaux, Shannon. Um, Dord, it's not Shorty. Shannon. Uh, um, Wall, Wall, Wall Wheeler. Shannon Wheeler. Shannon yeah. Wheeler. The yeah. Hernandez brothers were there. Hernandez Dan brother, Klaus yeah. was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, all the all these. Dave people, Sim was there. Dave Sim was there back when that was a good thing. Colin Upton was there. Colin Upton was there, which is still a good thing. <laughs> and you felt like you kind of belonged in, in that kind of vibe. Yeah. You know, more yeah. so than the Fanographics one was just like, oh, we're just hanging out. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're adjacent. Mm-hmm. The other one we felt. But in both cases, it was like, these are worlds that are growing and, oh, wait, shit's possible. Things yeah. are possible. Yeah. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, we're actually in the middle of it. And it was just like so exciting. Yeah. Who else was there? It was uh, Jeff Smith uh, with Bone was there as well. That's right. Yeah, it was quite. It was quite the thing because it felt like before Dave Sim challenged him to a fight because there was some slight. <laughs> you were thinking like, what could be the stupidest thing in the world? Watching two cartoonists yeah. fight. Ooh, that that's be, gonna be. How long is that gonna last? Yeah. Also, <laughs> five you guys need of... your fucking hands. Yeah, St- yeah. Don't make fists and hit each other, you dumbasses. <laughs> you know what are you without your hands? Yeah. You're crying out loud. Uh, but anyway. Um, that was when Dave Sim was not a, a madman. He, you know, like we went to a party that he paid for everyone's drinks at. Yeah. You know, which is pretty nice. That wasn't just us. There was a lot of people there that he just paid everyone's bar tab. So yeah. it's pretty incredible. He was making some dough. He, he was, was showing He was showing what was possible, mm-hmm. which is like you can self-publish and make good money. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And then later on, you know, he uh, made a made a big thing out of just like, yeah, I told everyone that you could make money in comics. I knew you couldn't. I just uh, it was funny to watch them all fail. What? What's this all about? <laughs> yes. Throw yes. up your hands. This is this is this is the thing. Like, you know, you, you look at these times in your life that he was like, this was the inspiring, amazing time, mm-hmm. and now it's like, okay, flash forward to where did this all go? Yeah. What yeah. happened? I mean. Most everyone is most everyone that we admired of that are so admirable, you know. Hernandez brothers, Dan Close, Hernandez Peter Baggy, brothers for sure, yeah. Peter Baggy, they're Peter all still. Peter Baggy's kind of become a little bit of a bit of a libertarian kind of weirdo, a little bit. Okay, but still, still producing comics and still, he you know, still still, still working. Comics, yeah. Sure, he's defending Mike Love, but whatever. I mean, I'm a, I'm fine with a gadfly, you know, person who's going to you know be Mr. Contrary, and that that's fine. That's obviously where he's comfortable, and. It was, you know, it was great when, you know, being kind of a lefty was was being, you know, was being contrarian. And now that that's changed, now he's, you know, now he's going to be contrarian this other way. That's fine. It's oppositional defiance disorder, I suppose. Doesn't it's not just a yeah. There's a little letters. something back in the day that I remember was uh, just seemed like dumb later on, which was like, oh, Simpsons is such a rip off of the Bradleys, and uh, <laughs> it's like okay. <laughs> Yeah, it was, it was uh, bad that it's such, you know, uh, the Bradleys were around before Bart Simpson and, uh, and the Simpsons. Well, they're both takeoffs on sitcoms, so yeah, shut up. But I remember that was the thing. It's just like, <laughs> yeah, it's Groening's just ripping off. It's like, well, actually, it's his family. Yeah. Like, it's actually, it's a, the thing about the Simpsons that people don't talk about too much is 
it's an autobiographical uh, show that's sure. not autobiographical. Everyone's yeah. the same name mm. as his real family, except for Bart, yeah. who's, you know, he says is an anagram of brat, but I think that was just something made up on the fly. Yeah. But like, Bart's him. Mm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, everyone else is just like actually the name of his family. There yeah. They are. Uh, but yeah, that was that was a thing back in the day. It was like, yeah, got screwed over. <laughs> well, shrug shoulders. Yeah, I mean, life. here's the fact is, is like the Simpsons works because it didn't start as a comic. It was just developed to be animated. The breathing the badly the Bradleys don't work is that it was developed as a comic, and comics are very themselves. You know, it's hard to take what makes a comic work and put it into a different format. You know. And, you know, what's great about the Bradleys is the uh, explosive art style of, of Peter Baggy. That's what makes it interesting. That's what yeah. makes hate interesting. You know, it's just that weird switch from, you know, his cr- already kind of crazy drawings to even crazier, you know, like to kind of take it into some sort of Tex Avery thing when p- people are having sex. They're really having sex. Like, they're really going at it, yeah. you know, because Peter Baggy drawing this very dynamic, you know, drawing. And that works great in comics, where the the natural dynamic context of comics, you can be prosaic, and it's still exciting, because comics are naturally dynamic, and it works, whether you're talking about being in a bedroom peeing in a jar, or whether you're, you're punching some old man who's dressing like a condor. Those are both, they both work equally dynamically, because it's just the nature of the the. And some things really only work in comics. That's right. If you tried doing, and I don't even think like paying for it super works. Yeah. But like, if you tried to do that as animation, it would look like a serial killer. (laughs) Yes, it's a different feeling because faceless women. Yeah. Like you know. Yeah. Just geez, Louise, it would look like Slender Man did did an animated thing. And there's a reason that Brown uh, that he drew it that way, but yeah, you know. It, it and it works in comics where you can slow it down yourself. Like you are you are in control of the pace that you're reading at, and you are the one right. inferring, filling in there's positives, the story there's and negatives, stuff like that. Yeah, there, and the thing you can do, and again, it's just one. Speaking of the Simpsons, mm-hmm. it was like a couple of times they tried to do itchy and scratchy comics. They don't work because yeah. you you can pause on that image and see the graphic gross image and yeah. go, "Jeez!" <laughs> but like uh, in the in the TV show or a movie, yeah. you can just go blink. Mm. That was it. You just saw something real fast and we yeah. controlled yeah. the speed you saw it at. Yeah. But like, and you're right. They, you control your own speed in comics. Yeah. yeah. And that uh, that changes things. But then uh, Peter Bag yeah. or, or Peter Baggy, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, took the Buddy Bradley character, did uh, did a comic called Hate. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and really hit the zeitgeist at the same time <laughs> in Seattle yeah, as yeah. grunge. Yeah. Bang on the money! Here we go. Which you could care less about. House of Cards. Here we go. <laughs> it's all—all all the dominoes are falling. Yeah. Da da da. And yeah. it never could get beyond that. That was the—that was the most impactful it could be. It was like exactly the time and the place sure. for this. Sure. And then, and then. Yeah. Uh, you I mean, that's—that's that's being. I mean, you're part of the zeitgeist. That's how it works. Yeah. The time. Zeit literally means time. So you were at a particular time. Parallel at the time was Dan Klaus, who was also kind of exploding to the mm. point where the two of them. Did the hate ball tour and yeah, they yeah. together, and it was like, yeah. oh yeah, they're both of the same thing. And then Dan Klaus started doing very different stories and has been able to continue. Whereas yeah, Cla- Peter Peter Baggy, you know, yeah. has not had the same success well, because I think because Peter Baggy is he's a product of, of the the seventies fanzine scene. Like he came out of like drawing for Punk magazine and stuff like that, and doing these one pagers. 
and and that's kind of where clothes started. Like he started, he worked for Crack Magazine. Mm-hmm. That's where he started, and then he came out of that into doing comics. Started doing Lloyd Llewellyn was his first attempt at comics, sure. which which failed. Although it's so funny, I was watching an uh, interview with him, and they're talking about the sales figures for Lloyd Llewellyn, and they said which would be like a knockout today. Like that sure. would people would like would be slavering to get those sure, kind of sure, sales sure. figures that that ca- caused Lloyd Llewellyn to get cancelled, and then he started doing Eight Ball, you know, and that. And that took off because he started to uh, develop his his more long, like longer storytelling tops in eight ball. So you know we had like obviously the first one like a velvet glove cast an iron, and then David Boring and the Death Ray and all those kind of stories, which then allowed him to to tra- to take advantage of the two thousands graphic novel craze, but mixed with. Short, sure. Those joke, ones had those bits, so you that worked a for Jack comics. Teach you chick yeah, yeah. Parody or what have you, mm-hmm. or, or needle yeah, yeah. Dick, needle Dick the Bug. Fucker. I hate you deeply and Art yeah. School Confidential and stuff like that. Yeah, so you'd have the serious mixed with mm-hmm. the one-off shot, sure, jokey ones that you could hand around. Yeah, and that was great for comics, and that's the same with hate. Yeah. It works great for comics, but where Luel or not Luel Close was able to to Do a advance world or advance like, on yeah, yeah advance on on baggy was that he was able to to develop ghost world and then carry on into you know all ice haven and all his newer ones uh you know newer graphic novel stories and just cashed in on that period whereas baggy he's not a long he's not a long form storyteller he needs to work i mean he can tell a story over time, but he works best in the doses of like a hate comic and the problem with the with the bang stuff now is He's kind of an older guy mm. talking about, hey, the world's really fucked up, hey? Check this out. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know if that is the most fucked up thing in the world. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, you're, uh, mm, yeah, so mm-hmm. what What in this, or who, what character are we connecting with sure, me? Because sure. yeah. I'm telling you how shitty things are now. Mm. Uh, yeah, that's true. Well, Whereas, like, Klaus actually usually has a character or two in there that you can sure. steal something for. Yeah, yeah. Even though it's probably not the lead. <laughs> yeah, the lead it's is usually a, lead's usually a jerk. suffering friend. <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the last one was called. Russell something? I can't remember what it's called now. Wilson? Russell, something Wilson, yeah. Well, Wilson was one of them. Yeah, I think it's just called Wilson. Yeah, yeah I think you're right. It's That's Wilson. then also become a movie. And all of them have become movies because they're usually very simple concepts that can translate well. Yeah. And yeah. Ghost World did so well. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Ghost World, I, mean, I don't know if his other ones did as well. I mean, Oh, no. Art School, Art School Confidential did not do well. But I don't, I mean, even was it successful as a movie, though? Oh, well, it's so low budget. I don't remember cares? liking it that much, though. Like, it seeing it and just thinking, like, I don't think they really got the spirit of the original strip, really. Oh, of course not. Yeah. No, no, well, this, no, 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 no. The spirit of the original strip was uh, that it was just making fun of Art School. This is a scam, yeah. It's a scam, yeah. And, and I think the movie was a murder mystery, right? Maybe that's what it was, yeah. It's been a while since, obviously. Came out in the early 2000s. But there was also, yeah. Terry Zweigoff directed both Ghost World and Art School Confidential. Yeah, there's Wilson, which was uh, a, a movie with the uh, the guy from Cheers, who, you know, he's done anything. Uh, Natural Born Killers. Uh, oh, Woody Harrelson? Woody Harrelson, yeah. Oh, I didn't know it was a movie. I believe so, yeah. Okay. Came out, like it's come out and it's yeah. come and gone? Yep. Yeah. I missed it? Yep. Yeah. I didn't care about it? Yep. Yeah. Didn't even notice? Yep. Yeah. There was a, an interesting <laughs> discussion about that story in uh, Mike Dawson's uh, podcast. Go listen to his podcast instead. <laughs> uh, where the two of them were talking about how uh, they did David Boring. Yeah. And that was kind of, you know, really hooked a lot of people in. And then Wilson was basically a parody of David Boring or like, oh, you like David Boring, huh? Yeah. Well, screw you. Here's this. <laughs> and I was like, oh, you sucker. It's us. hard to know. You suckered yeah. us good. Yeah. Those guys that... Oh, Close is, is very good. So it's... I mean... 
Yeah. I mean, there's always going to be the something we were talking about a little while ago. And you're saying like, you're kind of like putting down the 90s is like, bleh. And I was like, it's funny because. That sounds like me. Yeah. Bleh. Bleh. And then, and then, but I was thinking about it afterwards, I was going like, do we feel that way about the 90s? Because we were so immersed in it and it was never curated for us. We just kind of got everything in our face. You know, you know what I mean? Like, like the 80s, you kind of, it was kind of filtered by adults down to you as a teenager. So you, you kind of knew like, these are the, these are like the alternative bands you should like. These are the, the top 40 bands you should like, because you'll listen on top 40 radio. These are the popular stuff like that. When you get to the 90s, it feels like that kind of top-down culture had kind of ended. There wasn't really like top 40 radio you listened to. Yeah. There wasn't... It just kind of felt like you were just getting all this stuff kind of thrown at, thrown at you. Well, the point... The point oh, and you sorry, can filter you, And you can filter it out. You've got... That's exactly it. I think the 90s was a... Uh, guys in the 50s talked about the 90s. Um, I <laughs> well, think, we were there. We I were think, young kids. I think the or 90s... Young, young gentlemen. Like in both of these situations yeah. that we're talking about, it was a very uh, DIY aesthetic, which yeah. was, you know, how did you learn about uh, Adrian uh, Tamayani's uh, work? Oh, I happened to be in a store and there was like a little display yeah. and I picked up three of his comics yeah. and that's how I found out about it. Yeah. But you wouldn't find out about it about Time Magazine says, <laughs> Deep well, Girls, the way it to be. It's like, that's right. It's, you, would, you would discover it. Like that's how mm-hmm. I discovered 8-Ball was like just this little weird magazine store on 4th. Okay. And I was like, oh, what's this? And then I tell you about it. Someone else tells someone. Sure. There wasn't that... I was a I was a Lloyd Llewellyn guy, so there wasn't yeah there wasn't the pipeline yeah. of like you know here Comics Journal says yeah or like some mainstream thing so yeah there wasn't that whereas in the eighties I felt like if there was something that was like big and popular you yeah. were getting it through radio television yeah you know what have you and nineties was here's a little weird thing <laughs> and then you look in the back of this weird thing and there's an ad for another weird yeah. thing and then you mail for that weird thing or there's a magazine called Factsheet <laughs> 5 yeah. that'll tell you where to mail for this yeah. and it, it, it gave you a deeper uh, caring for it because it felt like you made an effort to and you had to wait for yeah. usually things in the mail and you know I'm not saying this is in like a nostalgic oh it was better then but yeah. it definitely gave you more of a tactile connection to the things sure. because you actually had to physically fucking dig for them yeah. and find them and then tell people about them. Maybe that's part of it too is like when you're in school Not tactile, but you know, yeah. it, when you're in school like in high school stuff like that you're, you're used to authority you're used to teachers you're used to like a top down kind of culture so you're more accepting of that and then you hit your 20s and you're you know your late teens your 20s you're just kind of like well screw authority I'm going to like find my own way, own way through this so I'm going to you know you know, and this is not conscious thoughts. These are just you just sort of start doing this, and you're just kind of like, I'm going to look for movies that are cool. I'm going to look for music that's cool. I'm going to look for, you know, comics that I like, things that I'm interested in. I'm going to find, you know, so I'm going to stumble on Weirdo. I'm going to yeah. read about. And Lloyd there were shops that could afford to be open and sell a bunch of weird <laughs> shit. <laughs> that, well, that's part of and it. And they'd survive as part of as part of other stuff though. Like, you know, if you went to the comic shop, obviously their their main engine was their superhero stuff. But over here. There are some weird, like some interesting things you might enjoy, you know, and you know, and the and same with movies, you know. So you know, we obviously we grew up with with movie theaters that played, you know, the double bill odd things like the Ridge Theater or the Van East or whatever, where you would go, you'd get like the the, the little kind of fold out newspaper sized sheet of yeah. of the month of movies, and you go through and you go, well, I'm going to go see those movies, then I'm going to go see that movie, this, you know. 
And so you pick up a film threat and go, yeah, oh, what's this about? That's right. Or someone will tell you, you know, The River's Edge is a great film. I'm like, what's that about? No, I was gonna go see it. Why <laughs> sure. not? All right. Yeah, out. you. Yeah, you, yeah, film like yeah, like film threat's a good example of that. Where you're a weirdo, you are, you know, you find a magazine that's for movie weirdos, and you're like, okay, this is the magazine for me. This is where I'm going to see my first image of Hard Boiled, uh, uh, the John Woo film Hard Boiled, and I'm going to fall in love with that image and become obsessed with that movie until I can find it. And when I do find it, I'm going to rent a bootleg version of it yeah. from a rec- or a video store in Vancouver that I'm going to watch in Surrey and then have to return it the next morning back to Vancouver again I, to not pay late fees. Here, I think know. if I'm if I'm heading for a moral of the goddamn story that pisses me <laughs> off now or makes me sad, it's like, okay, so there's there's an example, Chris Gore. And when you see Chris Gore was the you know founder of film. Sure, 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 sure. Uh, so... You know, when you saw Film Threat, it was like, this is a really open-minded guy mm. with a wide range of interests in yep. movies. Yep. And, you know, of course, he's not going to like the main mainstream stuff. But generally, you know, yeah. you wouldn't think, this is someone who has issues with women. This is, <laughs> this is a guy who only wants movies by white dudes. Yeah. This is... You wouldn't think any of that. You just think, this person's really open-minded. Yeah, yeah. And the same thing with... with We're going to read about Greg Araki in this magazine. We're yeah. going to hear about all, like, all kinds of and that was outsider art and stuff with, like that. with the world of comics back then. Hmm. This is new. This is open-minded. This is all new ideas. Everyone's open to the new thing, except yeah. for Ed Brubaker. That fucker ain't going to go nowhere. <laughs> And we're we're all making fun of him, right, guys? Ha ha ha, Ed. Good luck, you. Winter what or whatever? Who cares? Uh, that that. And then over time, you just go, oh boy, these guys have some issues with women. Oh boy, this is this. These guys are real bitter. Oh boy, these guys are real locked in nostalgia and won't fucking break out of you know the oldie days with the good old days. Yeah. And I'm like, oh boy, you know, this is a this is a well, damn shame. It's the danger of peaking. It's the danger of of just being stuck up your own ass. I've luckily I've never peaked. The only it's so. not even peaking. It's like. It's it's not then being open to whatever comes next. Well, that's because you were looking back at when you were, were think times were at its best. Like when I was the editor of Film Threat and these films were coming out mm-hmm. and we were championing these movies, that was when movies were at their best. Okay. Now that I'm no longer associated with Film Threat, now that I'm kind of a forgotten figure of, of that time period, I'm looking back and thinking, that's the greatest stuff ever. What's happening now is garbage. Yeah, but what? Yeah, it's like, why? Fuck. Like, what? <laughs> You know, uh, yeah, and and unfortunately, the thing that's happening now is, you know, a lot of women are doing things. Well, that should must be the problem, and that's why <laughs> I can't pee right. Yeah, yeah. It's just like no, just, just if you were open to these things, yeah, you'd still be part of this like world and thing, and it would be it's yeah. so much better. Mm-hmm. You know, but it's like you know, so so there's there's that issue, or like a, being a fucking Paul Chato and just like yeah, Marvel's choking on its own crap because they're doing. Ms. Marvel and She-Hulk, it's like, it's not a problem. <laughs> You've still got the stuff you like. So it's weird. not an issue. Yeah. And Man. when you read back on, like, the Joe Madden and the, and the Chester Brown stuff, you know, it's like, romantic loves for losers. And <laughs> this is no good. And it's just like, almost all of it is just like, you know, we could use a co- we could use a few women in this in this group. That might, like, open stuff up a bit. It's like, no, they're the problem. Oh, boy, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe, you know. Uh, yeah, and I mean, it's... I mean, let's I mean, let's defend Seth because Seth was one of the main people who objected to Dave Sims' classic sure. turnabout in one eighty issue one eighty six yeah. of of Cerebus, and he pretty pretty much like cut Dave Sim out of his life at that moment, and you know, and and made a made a stand. Yeah, you know, so but that was an example of so directly, mm. you know, someone saying 
hey, women, women uh, aren't just neutrally like not good. Yeah, they'll they'll suck the life out of you, boy. <laughs> They're actively evil. They're actively yeah. voids, and they will yeah. drain you like a vampire. Mm-hmm. And men, you need to like stay away from this. And yeah, yeah. And they're this. And it's like, yeah. yeah, okay. So it's good that Seth said that's bad. But yeah. Jesus Christ, it's a it's a person waving an axe around. <laughs> I'm like, hey, well, good for him speaking yeah. out against the axe waving guy. Sure, sure. That's true. But then also, you know, there's also, you know, on a on a lesser level, you know, what what who are, are your favorite female characters in Clyde fans? <laughs> if you name one of them, I'll yeah. give you ten thousand dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, if you name one of them, I'll give you a hundred thousand dollars. They're finished Clyde fans, but yeah, it's it's uh, I mean the problem with saying Clyde fans is I can't remember any of the storyline of Clyde fans because it comes out so intermittently. Sure. I have no memory. I like what I what I get I did by the book of the past that he I found the book at Value Village, the Clyde fans. Sure. So one of these days I'll crack it open and And even like a Wimbledon Green or what have you. That's great fun. It's it's great fun. But like name a female character in Wimbledon Green. It's like you he's 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 obsessed with the past. Yeah. But the past doesn't seem to have women in it. Mm. You know, and it's and and you just you take it as like, "Hmm, yeah, okay, and you don't really think about it. Yeah. But then when you apply all the other context of all the other stuff, wait that might be worth a second or third or fourth thought. <laughs> and that's why things these things don't evolve and that's yeah. why things clog up. And yeah. I guess I guess it's I mean I guess it's bad he doesn't have women. I mean maybe he doesn't feel confident or comfortable speaking for women, you know, as an author. Yeah. Isn't it weird that all three of those, you know, dudes, yeah. Yeah. you know, who were the thing at the time. Sure. You know, it then does as, you know, as, as Wirtz says, yeah. you know, it's them walking down the street with their hands in their pockets, <laughs> you know, angry at, uh, angry at dames, you know, and sends and a little swear bubble above their head and yeah. frustrated as they walk down. Young I, street. I had a quote. Oh, okay. You talk and I'm going to look for something on my phone. I will. You just Hey, everybody. I, I'm doing a new podcast on this network and it is called Refresh My Memory. Mm. And uh, so far it's been uh, quite a delight. Uh, the latest uh, one has uh, the the hosts who are Jason Dedrick, Eric Vell, and Vicky Van uh, talking about Casablanca. And what they do is they talk about their memories mm-hmm. of the of the film. Sometimes they haven't seen the film, so the memories are real recent. And then we also talk about uh, beverages that are in the uh, movie. And Jason brings along a little beverage, beverage, and then they make up a drink based on the uh, the movie itself. So in this case, uh, it was an already existing one, Gin Ricky. And uh, if you want to learn how to make a Jim and Ricky, check check that out. Also, by the way, I'm just going to speak for Dave and say uh, Horse Mysteries uh, just wrapped up. I think it's 97th season. Um, but uh, if you haven't listened to all of them, well worth a listen as well. They're exactly what the title says. <laughs> so there you are. And hey, if you like comics, I'm still going to keep going through yep. all this. Like, uh, You might enjoy Totally Tintin, where we go through, Dave and I, uh, a deep dive on every one of the uh, Titan book, uh, Titan Tintin books. Yeah, the teen, the teen Tintins. Remember that book from the uh, from the eighties? I, I don't. No. Anyway, uh, we go through all of them, and then we also go through the movies. I mean, I do. And uh, and you know, if you can recognize where the opening soundtrack uh, is from, title track, um, we'll send you a button. Let's 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 do that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. I'm That's looking. Okay. I'm looking. I'm looking. I'm just trying to. It, it was a, I'm going to give you your mailing information. Review. Oh, okay, sure. All right, the mailing information for the show. Yeah. So we won't have to do this at the end of the show. Yeah. 
is uh, if you want to write to us, we're going to give you questions at the end of this, and okay. uh, you can answer them. And if you want to answer them, what you do is you go to sneakyd at sneakydragon.com. That is our email address. We also have our website, sneakydragon.com, which I just brought up. has every one of our podcasts on it in a little message board area. We'd love to hear from you there. We're also on Facebook. We're on Tumblr, sneakydragon.tumblr.com, and uh, we're on X, 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 I, whatever that damn thing is. It used to be Twitter. Let's just still call it Twitter. <laughs> yeah, let's call it Sneaky Twitter. underscore dragon. Uh, we're, we're on there. So uh, go uh, check all X. that out. Um, I'm going to plug other things I'm doing. Hey, I have a weekly uh, comic strip in the Washington Post on Thursdays uh, with my wife, Pia Guerra. And uh, some people in America don't like it. Some people do. <laughs> so you can check that out if you like. Uh, we also regularly appear in The New Yorker, and we have a three times a week comic strip we do at Go Comics called Mannequin on the Moon. You can either go to gocomics.com and enter Mannequin on the Moon, or you can go to Instagram, uh, where we're there, under Mannequin on the Moon. Uh, check those out. So why not do that? Also, hey, my wife did a comic book that was one of the most acclaimed uh, comic books of the 2000s and, uh, you know, uh, the following decade a little bit called Why the Last Man. You might want to check that out as well. That's available in your local library and or where books are sold. Hey, Dave and I also oh. did a series of books uh, with our friend Nina Matsumoto uh, for graphics uh, comics called Sparks about two cats that dress up as a dog and save the world. That's uh, all, th- all three of our books are best-selling books in Canada. That's great. There you are. Doing pretty good. Uh, sorry, I just got... It, it, was, it was this little, like, If you want to know review. how to make a gin, Ricky, I'll just tell you. <laughs> take some gin, take some Ricky, mash it together. Nice. Okay, back to Dave. I was just going to say, it was, it was a book review of, of, of this... Of a book written by this guy, and it had a female lead in it. But it felt so, like... It felt like such a make him up like idealized woman yeah. in every way you know like you know it's written by a white guy she was an asian woman yeah. she was a martial arts expert sure. also a lesbian yeah. you know uh, she had all these other skills and you're just reading this what thing is she and just a like lesbian expert she was a lesbian expert and you're just like this feels like it's so it's just so here's the problem she could only do martial arts on other lesbians <laughs> The only ones that could work because mm. she had to get into this one certain position, yes, and no one else would. What let was her that do position it. called? Uh, fun time. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, I can't find it. Oh, I took a picture of it because it just killed me at the time. I'm then reading I'm gonna it. Take a pause here, and I'm going to go use the washer. Okay, sure. I don't know where it is. You know, it's funny when you go through your pictures, though. You you find <laughs> some pretty great shots, and you're like, I forgot about this great <laughs> picture. I forgot about that shot of my. Why did I take a picture of myself? I'm looking pretty good there, though. <laughs> to think I hated that picture at one point in my life, and now, yeah. now I love it. Oh, here we go. All right. Ah, uh, so Ava Lee is Chinese Canadian. She's chic, in her mid 30s, and massively wealthy, thanks to her work, mainly in Asia. As a martial arts trained forensic accountant, retrieving stolen or misappropriated millions from dangerous people, and she's a lesbian. <laughs> It's just like so. It's such a ridiculously. It just feels like you're 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 just. I don't know. It just feels like you're just. It, it just feels like you're. Uh, After investing word for it. all her money in Katie Lang. <laughs> it's just like these stocks have gone up crazy. And if high. it was if it was written by a woman, I'd be like, you know, fine. But it's written by a guy, and it just feels like, what are you doing? Like you just yeah. That's like not even a person. Yeah. Is this a made up thing that you're like writing about? An impossible being, 
And like, ah, anyway, is it, to me, that's even worse than not writing about women is <laughs> making that your, your lead character. You know? I, think, I mean, listen, there's always going to be the fear of, of that, but it's, it's less than, uh, you know, having, <laughs> it's, it's, it's less a problem of like, we got to find a way to get guys to, to write better women. Or <laughs> what's the other alternative? What do you mean? I think we need to have guys write women better. Yeah. Or we get who else to write? Guys who wait. I'm going to stop <laughs> you there. Let's 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 go back sure, a word. But I don't think that Seth was actively preventing women from writing their own comics in the in the 90s. You know, like he might, might not have been writing stories involving women, mm-hmm. but you know, he I'm sure he was um uh, supportive of like Julie Doucet and other people who yeah that's the only name you can come up with though right well that's in that thing. in his in, so that's the problem in it's, that thing but yes right yes it's like we're talking about the nineties right mm-hmm. and we brought up Julie Doucet sure and like hey you know recently there was the big award given out uh, to Julie Doucet yeah and what did she get the award for uh, the work she did in the nineties yeah okay cool and what what happened after Julie Doucet when Julie Doucet had her success yeah who was who was the next up uh briefly Roberta Gregory yes there was sure. a little brief time where Roberta Gregory was incredibly you know popular with sure. uh you know naughty bits and then what and then very little very little else that was yeah. the, that's the problem no no I, I do I agree with you but I'm just saying like if your response to like Seth, Seth being uncomfortable with writing or not you know, yes, it'd be better if there were more women artists working at that time. I think that's obviously There's better two, I now. I mean, obviously, the, the you know, the as much as it angers, is... as much as it angers, who Chris Gore, whoever you're talking about, but you know, it's obviously there's more of that happening now, and that's a good thing. Yeah, you know, and it was, but still, in the '90s, there were other people. There's Mary Fleener, Ariel yes, Bordeaux, that's right, Sherry Flanagan, still yeah. doing stuff at the time. There was some of the older people like Diane oh, New- Newman. And yeah, and they and they ended up Dory Seda and yes, you know, that's right. like there's people you can name. Did they get a lot of support from the general general population? Not so much. Weirdly enough, who gave them a lot of support? Robert Crumb, music yeah. published him a weirdo. Yeah, why? That's right. But because like Aileen Kaminsky Crumb did a lot of anthologies with all of these women. So sure, after but was, I mean, when Crumb was doing weirdo, he was he was the one editing it and choosing, and he was very supportive. It might have been through wasn't Aileen. Aileen Kaminsky Crumb doing her own anthologies before Weirdo. Nope, she wasn't in any of the like women's comics or any of that. Stuff. Where where did you mean she was appearing in those comics? Or yeah, she yeah. Was, some of her work might have been in those for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm not saying that she didn't know those people. I'm just saying like that was the circle. Yeah. That was uh, that was that was there. I just find it like when we're talking about the trilogy of those three. Yeah. You know, it, and again, I'm just again looking at myself of like I admired those guys so much mm. that to me it bothers me looking back and oh, going, okay. oh, where has this gone? <laughs> okay. And again, it's weird to me now because like people like Chris Gore. Yeah. And uh, and very much so, uh, you know, Paul Chato of the Frantics. Sure. Uh, just going like. Oh, these are people I really, really admired, like deeply mm. admired. Mm. Like, t- and and so at some point we were in sync. Yeah. And at some point I went a different way. Sure. And but you don't were you in sync? I, like you I didn't really so. know at them. Times you know I thought that you like their work, and that I doesn't did. mean their work is bad. Now it just means that you they're not the person you thought they were. 
you know, it's possible. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't know. I Paul mean, Chabot again, then, the but... biggest example there, you know, so you brought up Dave Sim. Mm-hmm. You know, we were singing with him at, <laughs> at eight sure, and sure. getting along. Yeah, yeah. He was publishing occasionally some of my stuff. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, and then like, woof, something yeah. just took a turn. And that that's the thing to me that sure. I, 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 you know, when we've got a show like this and we can talk about this kind yeah. of thing, it's like, what happened? And how do you avoid that happening? Mm. And how do you not yeah. become... Well, remain open. Yeah. Open, open your door. Which seems... <laughs> exactly. Which seems like the... It's, like it's, But that's not even a passive thing. I think that's the thing. Yeah. Like, when people are discussing the things, it's like, oh, you're actively sexist. Oh, you're actively racist. You're, yeah. you're against this. It's like, it's not that you're fucking against this. It's just that you're not open to more of mm-hmm. this. Because yeah. you want... To you know, yeah. if it's the it's a thing where if you're successful at what you're doing, you don't want to change things. Yeah. And if you're not successful, you want to tighten things up and keep things as same as they can be to be safe. Yeah. And so you you never get to the next thing yeah. because you're or or it's your grift, you know. And I think of a person I always like to make fun of the critical drinker, mm-hmm. a because he looks like a horrible person. He looks like Andrew Tate. Right. But that's part of his his marketing. As this person, as this character that he plays on YouTube, right. of this, you know, hates uh, women and things, you know, is mad of Laura Dern's character in The Force Awakens, or upset that Snow White is being played by a, by a Hispanic person, right, uh, or a Latina person, probably better to say, um, you know, and that, but that's his, that's his grift, yeah, that's his thing, that's who he's, he's selling himself to with his appearance and with his stance to a particular group of people you know yeah there's a dark part of people's natures that if you tap into you will not be disappointed <laughs> and you will get feedback from sure sure you will get uh you will do but okay i would rather be open to these things i would rather go and see bottoms and enjoy this movie that's made entirely by women yeah you know and more for women than for me because a lot of the experiences in that film would probably are probably going a little over my head because there's parts of it that i you know that I didn't experience, or I don't understand. I don't see it the same way they do. You I know? think the trick. I think the trick is, uh, you know, that when then you get called on something, as you will, because you know things change, and you won't yeah, know. I've what, never been called out, but anyway, you've never been called out. All right, no, very no, good. I'll no. just speak for myself then. Okay, when people call me out for <laughs> hanging out with Dave, <laughs> well, wait. Um, but when I get when I get called out for yeah. something, uh, or you know something is like you know we'll uh, you know. Uh, we, we had Ben Mills on the show, and we were talking about someone who was uh, handicapped. Mm. And he went, oh, that's not the word anymore. It's disabled. Now, mm. there's one of two ways you can go with that. Just like, well, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you can, like, <laughs> do that. Or you can go, you've let me know something. Course correction. I appreciate that. Yeah. I've now I've now locked that away. Mm-hmm. I'll probably screw it up yep. at some point in the future. But, like, I want to know what... Okay, yeah, yeah. things have changed. Thanks for letting me know. Here we go. Yeah. And some things I'll go, well, that's bullshit. And some <laughs> things I'll, most things hopefully I'll go, oh, yeah, yeah that is that is better. Okay. Yeah. But it'll always like feel a little oof at first when you're like, oh, yeah, I'm a little behind yeah. times on that. Or oof, you know, but you try. You try. Well, you it's funny because we're talking about being at um, Ape. And when we were at Ape, I was sitting beside a couple of Latino guys. And the reason I call him Latino is because when we were talking, he talked about his objections to the use of Hispanic, which was like kind of a make-up word that was applied to Latino people as a sort of a, a, a neutral term or a kind of way of taking away the power of Latino as a, as a, as a being. Mm-hmm. 
you know, because that's how they refer to themselves, take away their own identity and put this other word on top of them. And so I always try and say Latino or Latino when I say, but sometimes you do slip into saying Hispanic because that's what you grew up saying. And so it's sometimes you just sort of un, unthinkingly say it. So I was trying to correct myself. But yeah, and I don't like the Latin X because I feel like that's another case of where people are taking a word away from people and applying this other thing to it, you know, and that's a way of denying people, you know, keep just keep being seen. That's, that's the important thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's... Uh, have you seen Bottoms yet? I have not. Okay. Some, uh, some ally. I hear it's the tops. <laughs> no, I would, like to, I would like to see it. <laughs> it's worth, well worth seeing. Well worth seeing. Um, uh, we took the girls to see it uh, yeah, on the weekend. Yeah, you mentioned. And, uh, was it... Uh, yeah, you saw it twice, right? Yeah, I went with Lisa and I went because I really wanted to see it. And then, and then it was playing at Cottonwood out in Chilliwack. So we went and saw it there. And uh, they, they enjoyed it a lot. Well, that's Dave's uh, recommendation. <laughs> Double recommendation. All right. A movie I saw twice. Speaking of letters and uh, that sort of thing. Did we, we get letters? letters? We did. Lots and lots uh, of letters? Yeah, and we also got emails. We did get emails. So last, last week we asked, who's your favorite parody character? And uh, an interesting question, which was, how do you read? You know, do you picture the story? Hear the character voices? Do you read it in one big chunk? How do you read? And so many of our writers uh, said, uh, I never learned to read. And they just start crying. So sad. And they went, how'd you write this? And they went, oops. So uh, Louise, our friend Louise, good old Louise. 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 Louise dropped off some uh, girl, uh, oh, i got to say it right, guide, not Girl Scout. It's Girl Guides? Lord. If you call a girl guide a Girl Scout. Speaking of problems. <laughs> Woo! Uh, cookies and they were so tasty um louise writes it's a parody novel rather than one character but i remember getting a laugh out of the names in national lampoon's dune spelled d-o-o-n from 1984 i get it written by ellis wiener <laughs> i get it <laughs> that's a bit better uh rather than being set on arrakis the desert planet it's uh, set on a ruckus the dessert planet <laughs> Instead of Paul, they added an extra S. Instead of Paul Atreides, oh. uh, also known as Usul and Mo Dib. Why are you making me read this? Uh, the lead is Paul P A L L Agamemnes, also known as <laughs> Asshole and Move Bib. Wow, Move Bib. Boy, <laughs> we're going to go out to the beach with this detector and try and find some jokes. <laughs> Bottle cap. Okay. When I was in... Bottle by, cap's how value. By the way, I, I ordered the book because I'm curious. You ordered Dune? Yeah, because I got a couple of relatives who have recently read Dune. Mm, okay, okay. So uh, I'm going to... Yeah, I think it'd be they may enjoy it. When I was in primary school and picked up books that were too advanced, I'd just read the dialogue and skip the description. Uh, since getting an e-reader, I found myself unconsciously doing that again. I'd have to tap back a page to figure out who's speaking or if there'd been a change in location. Interesting. It may be that my reading speed is slowed down, but my page turning speed has remained the same. <laughs> One quirk I have is reading some of the dialogue out loud of a book is set somewhere where the characters have a regional accent just to remind myself to hear the accent in my head. Do you hmm. do that when you read a book? No, I don't add accents. Okay. And Edward Dragansky writes... I don't think... Uh, the Ruddles for music agreed. The Ruddles is one of my favorite things ever. It's great. It's fantastic. And not brand ech 
for uh, <laughs> comics, the Marvel uh, parody book. Okay, that was okay. Kind of their Mad Magazine uh, from the '60s. Ed must be busy. He's uh, it's short, short and sweet, I guess. Yeah. But thank you, Ed, for writing in. And hey, we got some emails this time. Okay. One of them from Regis. My turn to read. So I'm going to correct sometimes what Regis said, and other times I'm not going to. Okay. Um, Please do it in a flamboyant French accent. <laughs> oh, oui. uh, he says, hi. Wait, what is this? What is this? Uh... Well, that threw you off already. I was just going to say what his subject is. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, uh, it may blew your mind. And blue is spelled B-L-U-E. All right. Hi. I got something I need to tell you. It's difficult, but the issue needs to be addressed. Don't be mad. Promise. Spit on your hand and say, I promise. And don't tell Dave it's such a... Uh, don't tell Dave he's such a delicate mind. Oh, that's a mail I'm writing? Okay, never mind. Forget it. Don't tell Ian he's such a delicate mind that could break him. So, or oh. here it is. So don't... Don't tell a, Ian. Yeah, don't tell Ian. I had to spit in my hand. Are we going to shake on this? Uh, not that you spit in your hand. Well, well, that's just your delicate mind. Speaking. So, er, here it is. I'm listening. I'm listening. This is his revelation. I usually have to read these letters. I know. It's interesting, right? I'm having some fun. It's a good brain exercise. So, er, here it is. I'm listening to other podcasts. He actually says other podcasts, but uh, calm down. Take a big breath. You don't have to make a scene. Sheesh. I think we took it pretty calmly, actually. That's just, that's just us, though. We're I wonder what the voices door. in his head open door. of us are like. <laughs> well, he's met us. I feel like we're constantly screaming at him. <laughs> that's not so bad. Not like, I don't know, one of, if one of you were doing a podcast with other people, mm. God forbid, can't even think about it. Mm. It would be really, really horrible. Like the guys cheating with the sisters of their wives. Ugh. Okay, anyway. I confess I shouldn't, but I can't help it. I have compulsions. I can't resist wire podcasts. No, not about thread or electricity, about The Wire, the greatest show on earth. Not the band, which was just Wire. There was no uh, definite article before their name. I'm just going to say quickly to Regis that there's a song that you can't hear because I only heard it live once. Okay. And it was to We Didn't Start the Fire, but hey, have you seen The Wire? And they went through all of The Wire in it. And it wow. was freaking brilliant. That's great. Did yeah. they, is it on YouTube or anything? No, no. I saw it live. And that's that was it. the end of it. Just ephemeral. Just done at a Weird Al karaoke, oh. uh, you know, where it's we made up our own parody songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just wondered if maybe they nope. thought to record it. Nope. Oh. Would have been great. but it, And it was as brilliant as it could be. Wow. Uh he goes on to say, I accumulate them. That's the podcast about the wire. Along with computer numerical control machines and Japanese learning books. You asked about collections. And I was going to do this bit, but the week before. Sorry, I do this bit the week before, but I got distracted. He's calling this a bit. So that's good. That's nice. I was going to do this bit the week before, but got distracted by a house purchase. Oh, congratulations. Oh, congratulations yeah. on you know, ta- ton maison. Ton yeah, ma- I was going to say, in France, they call that... Le Maison. Le Maison. Too bad. And let me tell you, that's a costly distraction. It's called procrastination, and for a reason. Crastination is delay in Greek, and pro means that there's money involved. <laughs> to be frank, I am more in the pro-am league. Good at it, but mostly on the losing side. So which one? There's the collectors, the accumulators, and the hoarders. Collectors are obsessive people who collect things around a precise subject. Mm-hmm. They tend to have the complete set of the things related to their obsession. 
Yeah, I'm an obsessive collector. Right. Accumulators gather things and stuff around their current interests. It's because of their ADHD, they are constantly changing them, and thanks to the impulsivity, they can purchase or pick up a lot of items for each before the before their interest changes. That's me. Okay. I'm a collector slash accumulator. Um, and I say that because I do have like a collector mentality. Mm-hmm. So for instance, I have like a large sale. You know, I have a large collected collection of Anthony Trollope books. I've made a point of buying his books over time. Unfortunately, I recently discovered that Penguin Books put out a numbered series of his novels. Uh-huh. And so now I am obsessively... Before it was just accumulation. I wanted to read the books. I bought them. I read them. But now I am obsessively collecting the numbered oh. paperbacks of the Penguin edition with the numbers on them. So this is a... So like I say, I'm collector. I try not to be a collector. I try to limit what I collect. But there are times where people put things in my path that I cannot stop myself from like thinking about... But I try to do it honestly. Like, I'm not going to go on eBay and look for numbered Trollope pe- Penguin books because that, to me, is insane and also just the, the way to bankruptcy. You know, I'll just buy them as I see them. Yeah. So oh, like, you buy them out of order? That's uh, yeah, I'll buy them out of order. I don't care. I'll just, you know, I just want to collect them over time. Right. And eventually, one day, hopefully before I die, I will... Uh, I will um, It would be weird if you bought them after you die. <laughs> Well, maybe I'll leave it in, in my your, will. In your will. I'll leave a trust. These books I'll leave a trust and fund. throwing them in my grave. This is a trust fund that you finish this for me. Yeah. And then when you're done, you can throw them away. I don't care. Okay. Um, now, the hoarder are those who accumulate everything from impulsive buys to garbage. Anything, in fact. That's more of a condition, so that's not so funny. Yeah. And there's the byproduct of the accumulation category, too. Like readers who like to read, therefore I buy books that they pile up after finishing them. I'm more of an accumulator. I have accumulated collections like tractor toys or 80s computers. I accumulate Japanese lesson books as a byproduct of trying to learn the language. Currently, I accumulate tools, i.e. things to make things, with their byproducts. The subsequent unfinished making things projects. (laughs) And last but not least, the Wire Podcasts. I can tell you wire podcasters are smart a lot more than me. I know because my take on the wire is, woo, that's a great show because er politics and er writing and er you know all the things that make it great. Them, they all have real precise analysis for each bit of the puzzle. The secret motto of the series is all the pieces matter, and they articulate them. At nearly each sentence, I go, exactly, <laughs> yeah, I should have thought of it. They can express my mental fog clearly and a lot more. So obviously they are more intelligent than I am. That's not necessarily true. They are more intelligent in a part, a part of their life that you are not as intelligent in perhaps. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that they're more intelligent than you, Regis, because you are obviously very intelligent. And we met you. So that is a fact I'm saying. Right. And don't ask me what they said. I know that's all the things that make this show the greatest, but my mind has lost the details. <laughs> the broadly, but... Uh, I can broadly keep the main ideas, but not the details, which is very annoying. I could have been real smart without this dumbass. All I can tell you is that the Rewired podcast aims at the literature side with subjects like game theory, palimpsests, and other uh, other educated concepts. Way down in the hole is a point of view from the black community, sort of. The wire stripped the English translation, maybe, and unspoiled the wire is the feminist nerdy take on it, approximately, among others. They nearly are all episode-by-episode episode podcast. That's a big collection. Well, to get to the point, I had to tell you because I didn't want to be sneaky anymore. <laughs> hmm. Speaking of sneakiness, I hope that the 
other podcast rumors are, you know, rumors. And don't tell me that you told me. Okay, I'm going to go check with my mind if I can find where he, where it is. And if it's, as you said, it's going to have a bad time. Bye. Spelled B-U-Y. I mean, or bye. That's bye with an E or I because it can't be Y. All the pieces are definitely sneaky. <laughs> Thank you, Regis. Appreciate that. And we have one more. Okay, I'm just going to say, my theory is that uh, he writes very straightforward letters. Yes. And then puts them into Google Translate. <laughs> okay. And this is what comes out. Okay. So you think yeah. that he writes, like, a, in French, writes a straightforward le- yeah. letter, and then puts it into Google Translate. And then it Translate. just comes out. And it's, I don't think uh, so. I think rhythm, poem, uh, thing. It's very poetic. It definitely, yeah. like, here's the thing. If if we ever got in trouble and, yeah. like, needed to, uh, you know, do something to survive, like, how are we going to get out of this boating accident? Yeah. And it was like, listen, there's three things. By three things, I mean the three wise men who follow the star. Oh, the stars <laughs> in the sky. I tell you these stars. And the stars. Do you ever remember Battle of the Network stars? That was quite the show. David Letterman was a better, uh, it, was, it was very fit in okay. those kind of shows. That's sure, with sure. Dave Kaplan. Anyway, Wait. welcome back, Cotter. What you're proving to me is that Regis's letters are basically like a literary form of our show. Oh, my God. Is he making fun of us? Yes, he's just making he's fun of us. Fucking, he's making fun of us, isn't he? This is exactly what it is. If yeah. he just stopped in the middle of it to talk about chocolate bars. <laughs> yeah, please uh, elucidate on French oh, chocolate bars next no. time, Regis. He's will. doing a horrible parody of us. <laughs> it's not horrible. It very is. clever. It's so mean. It's very clever. We can't no. help this. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's a problem. We are accumulators slash collectors. You know what? Is, this slash is, hoarders. This is as bad as if, you know, an artist dies mm. and then you spend a whole podcast like criticizing their work. <laughs> well, no, I don't think that's bad at all. I think but, that no, fine. I think an artist deserves to have yes. his yeah. work analyzed. And, you know, we are critical of some of it, but we're, very, we're also praising him. Yeah. Anyway, let's go, let's go to Laurel. Oh, I would like Laurel to. emailed. I, I enjoy Regis' email, and I enjoy Laurel email. What if Laurel writes in exactly the same style as Regis' <laughs> Her subject is one answer okay. and some stuff. Oh, good, good. Hello, Ian and David and oh, sneaky oh, people oh. everywhere. See, she switched it up. Usually she says David and Ian. Mm. I hate to hear about Lisa's cataract surgeon's mistake mm-hmm. and all she is going through with that. It's dreadful, and I empathize completely. I am sending all good thoughts, energy, and saying prayers that this next surgery will go very well. I hope it does. Yeah, we'll take, uh, we'll take prayers. So, yes. yeah, if you want to send some. Last fall, my left eye started having a condition due to extreme myopia. Myopia? Myopia? I left a letter You off. have that condition where you can't read the word myopia. I can't see. Uh, <laughs> my eye, I can't read eyes. Uh, extreme myopia and age. So like Ian, I have had to have injections to remediate the situation. Five shots in the eye so far. Another to come in October. Still, there is distortion in that eye. It's very weird, and I've had to adjust my thinking about it. I heard an archived interview recently with David Bowie and learned he had a childhood eye injury and was blind in that eye all of his life. Did you know that? I did know that, because if you look at his eyes, one eye is a different color than the other. He was not born like that. Yeah. It just made me think, if I have to function with one good eye, I guess I'll manage. Yeah. It will do like David Bowie, use lots of cocaine. The last spring, I also had cataract surgeries. You on know, the s- sorry. sorry, what are you going to say? I was just doing, you know, uh, they, uh, you know what an Australian does when they have that problem? Mm. They use the good eye, mate. The good eye. That's right. Thank you. Uh, uh, yeah. That's nice. We're not going to get any more chocolate from Australia. <laughs> we deserve it. Yeah. Um, 
So she, she goes that. on to say, Laurel goes on to say, this last spring, why are you apologizing? Uh, you know. You're just having fun. I know. Well, no one else know, is, but Laurel, you're having Laurel, fun and it's yeah, great. Yeah, Laurel's, you know, my uh, eye injection buddy. <laughs> That's right. You when, both... uh, when you get like the five shots in the eye, yeah. they then go like, and one to grow on. <laughs> <laughs> Here comes October. Here comes October. Oh, boy. The last spring, I'll Save it for Halloween. Just sure. go out and just have like someone doing that to you on the, on the porch for Halloween. Like, ew, it looks so realistic. Yeah. I'm praying that Lisa has eye surgery, but I'm also praying that she doesn't have it in November. Because I want it to occur after she comes back from Australia. I want her to have her Australia trip yeah. before her eye surgery. Because she has her eye surgery before the Australia trip, then the Australia trip is out, out, oh, out, no. out, out. Okay. So we're just hoping that uh, if they call, I'm just going to say that she's on the moon right now. Tell her she can use the good eye mate. Uh, <laughs> Wait, that will put them off for a bit. They'll be like, mm, we'll, uh, we'll call you back. Thank you. All right. This last spring, this is uh, Laurel talking. Okay. I can tell because of the thick accent. <laughs> My Carolina accent? Yeah. That's what I do. I can't help it. When I read, I, yeah. put, I read an accent. I, I can see your large fan that you've got, hand fan. Yes, right. Like, oh, my. Uh, where's my mint julep? This last spring... I also had cataract surgeries, so I hope they went well. On the second eye, my right, the surgeon left in a bit of the cataract tissue. Oh, my God. What is it? It's supposed to be like... Is it the same doctor? The way you're sold these things, is it just like, oh, it's so easy. It's just so. It's just a thing we do. It's like an assembly line. We'll like just put you in and spit you out the other end. And then, then you go and someone puts in the lens upside down and backwards and tw- twists it and turns it the wrong way around. Or someone leaves a sponge in your eyeball. Ugh. Um. Left in a bit of the cataract tissue. So vision wasn't clearing. So another surgeon who had room in his schedule did a second surgery on that one. Finally, that eye is clear, which is good because I need it. Yeah. Yeah, Because the other eye is going because of myopa. We just discussed earlier. Yeah. Which is, I never heard of that disease. get your eyes checked. I've never heard of that disease before. A combination of myopa and age. So Laurel really needs that eye. I really don't have an answer to question one this week. But to question two, I say... I am a fairly slow reader, and picture scenes and characters, and sometimes have to stop and figure out voices. I just finished a book that takes place in South Boston, a place I've not been, and had to really work out in my mind the people and the setting. That's part of the fun. Lastly, Ian, I hope you played the Are We the Baddies sketch for David. You briefly referenced it when when talking about the sinister biker with the skull on his you helmet. You know that sketch, right, Dave? I don't know. Oh, what, what is the sketch? Sorry, refresh it's a my memory. Web sketch. I don't know about that. I don't think okay, I know that. Okay, I'm one. gonna play it for you after <laughs> after this. All right. Uh, so about the sinister biker with the skull on his helmet. Oh my God. It's a goodie. My son quotes it perfectly. He's a riot, like you two fellas. Take care and a good week for all. Laurel R. Thank you, Laurel. Appreciate the sentiments and your thoughts. And uh, Ian. Yeah. How can people reach us? Just joking. I know we already did that because yeah. I was looking for that. Uh, let's talk. Questions. I hope that that quote was worth my long search for, it, though, right? Sure. It was kind of fun. It was excellent. It was crazy. Uh, and, and that's called. Uh, that's called. Oh, it's a word for it, and I can't think of it. It's not cow towing, but it's kind of like that. Like just, yeah. you know, pandering. like pandering. That. Thank you. Pandering to the audience. Like that to me is like the epitome yeah. of pandering. And I think if you're going to be writing about characters, whether it's women or men, you just you can't be like making sort of. Um, Perf- perfect people right and then like that's not fun no the trick is the trick is always you just to make them humans yeah i'm doing uh i'm doing work right now for uh a right major, now a, yes actually technically yes 
I'm 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 billing for this time. Oh, okay. Um, uh, but I'm for a major corporation who I've mentioned on the show before. Yeah. And so, like, anytime there is a bit of dialogue uh, that is a group that is not the group that I'm in, yeah, it goes by people that uh, mm. will uh, send it back. Okay. And uh, and have their own and, thoughts. And let me just say. Uh, the the dialogue that the corporation sends first yeah. before they go through this yeah. would get that corporation taken out of business. <laughs> you just look at it and just go, Jesus Christ, is this from a 1980s movie? What is this? Yeah. You can't have the character that's this say this, yeah. but I can tell that they're trying their best to be, mm-hmm. you know, mm, and yeah. yet you read it and go, jeez. Yeah, and it's like, no, no, we're going to run this by... Uh, yeah, you yeah. will. That's true. Okay. Read the womb, am I right? Exactly. So uh, here's what I'm going to suggest as one of the questions. Okay. Um, because we were talking about uh, kind of autobiographical cartoonists uh, today. Uh, in case we haven't said it, um, so sorry about Joe Matt. And uh, he will be missed. And it was great to meet him. And uh, yeah, all that stuff. The saddest of all to hear that he was at his drawing table... Yeah. When he passed away, because then you're thinking, was he finally kind of getting back to work and, and, and putting something out for us? And, and the other interesting thing about Joe Matt is um, IDW, the publishing company, did a complete run of Gasoline Alley, which is a pretty famous comic strip, yep. quite innovative of, at its time because the author, whose name I can't remember off the top of my head, um, oh. aged the characters. Yeah, in so real every time. every day, yeah, the, the strip aged. So you real ended time. up with characters that were in their hundreds, like mm-hmm. later. Yeah. And I actually remember it was it ran in the province when I was younger. When I was in yep. my twenties, I would read it at up to Lisa's mom and dad's place because they got the province, and uh, and I, it was very interesting that it was still like the you know the characters. I think they just kind of slowed it down a bit. I don't think they were like yeah. Later on, they had to because literally the characters were one hundred and twenty. Yeah, yeah. It's like come on, Walt. <laughs> yeah. How, how old is Skeezix? Skeezix is yeah. I think Walt was gone by then, wasn't he? I, but I can't remember now. But yeah, because no one wants to kill the characters off. But like, and God, it was a beautifully drawn a strip as well. Point. But the person, one of the people who provided a lot of original strips for the for it was was Seth. Not Seth. Sorry, was Joe Matt, yeah. who was a major collector of of Gasolinelli strips. And so he had this huge uh, collection of orig- like original art and stuff like that that he was able to provide to IDW for, for the collections. So, yes. And I think he was what is known as an coll- uh, obsessive collector. Is that a collector? What was this one? I can't remember the names now anymore. Collector? Was that the one? Mm-hmm. What was Regis's thing? Collector, accumulator, and yeah, uh, hoarder. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And socialist. What? Wait no, a second. That's, that's right. I think it's a political thing. Well, thank you for anyway. that. Uh, my, so my question. Oh, sorry. Your question is. Yeah, I haven't had. I'm going to do my question now because question number one is. Okay, I'm not too sure what question number one was. I don't know what Ian was going on about there. But anyway, no. Go on. Finish your question. Oh, I was going to say um, that these were uh, autobiographical cartoonists. Uh, what's your favorite autobiographical work? Mm. Work by someone about themselves. Sure, sure. Obviously, Trollope's an autobiography. The book that destroyed his reputation. Sentiment cast him into the wilderness. Keep gesturing towards. It. <laughs> question number two. I'm going to go back to the, my original question. Uh, when do you start eating your... Uh, what snacks do you like at the movies? And when do you start to eat them? Do you just okay. sit down and start chomping away? Or do you like to hold them in... Because in, uh, I'm a person... I am I am a pleasure uh, procrastinator. I like to... I like to um, there's a word for it. But anyway, I like to put off... Elongate? Not elongate. I like to put off pleasure. Like I like to like defer. know that... I know that something... That, what did you say? Defer? Yeah, I like to defer pleasure. I like to know that something pleasurable is coming soon. Right. And I'm perfectly so willing to wait credits, for it. So over the credits, you're eating a whole bag of popcorn yeah. like before they're over. Like, 
I, I never looked for, for Christmas gifts as a kid. Like, I never would look for those because I felt like I didn't want to know. Okay. I wanted to have the pleasure of opening my presents and, and having that experience. And one time I did break it. I, my, I knew, I asked my mom to buy me a Monty Python biography and she bought it for me and then I knew where it was hidden and I went and I read it. So when Christmas Day came, oh, it was a disappointing present because I'd already like spoiled the, mm. I'd already read it. And so that really like reinforced to me that the, the value of differing I pleasure. I was a bad liar and uh, I did find uh, some, some presents. And one of the things was a coloring book that had a clown on it. Okay. And, uh, and my mom asked me, you know, what would you like for Christmas? And I went, I'd like a coloring book with a clown on it. And it was like, clearly, I fucking <laughs> saw that. I was just trying to be nice. You know? So I was trying to be like, yeah. hey, you got exactly the right things. Mm. And I was like, no, this... Yeah, yeah. And Backfired. I, and she went, you son of a bitch. <laughs> and I said to her, you'd know. And then I went, meep, meep. And then I ran off. Right into a wall. You uh, Because she painted a door. Yeah. There and I thought it was a real door. It wasn't. It was just paint. Sure, you had like a little hook and string attached to yourself, like some blinds, and you pulled it down, and then you rolled up and disappeared. Yep. Very clever. That's so a good please, way to disappear. Uh, you know, contact us by please the various ways. Right in. Listen to our other shows, and uh, I think that's the end of the show. Stay healthy, everybody. Everyone, stay healthy. Be well. Be well. Do good things. If you can't speak English, speak. If French. you have chest pain, see your doctor. Yes. Crying out loud. We love you. Thank you.